before you start listening to this episode, I just want to apologize for how my vocals sound. This whole thing is a work in progress. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I'm James Lewis from Simply Serpents. And I'm Carly Jones from My Living Room. Each week, we will discuss what is happening in herpetoculture on social media, YouTube, and even on other podcasts. We will share our opinions and thoughts on current events as well as the opinions of you, the listener. Make sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram for interactive polls and posts where you can tell us what you are thinking. Then listen for your name each week as we share your opinions on our podcast. So sit back and relax. Here's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Welcome back to the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, this week will be a little different because, unfortunately, uh, Carly is not here. Uh, but that is fine. I did find a replacement. Not a replacement as good as Carly. So those of you out there that end up missing her, please send her messages and tell her how much she needs to get her butt back here. But I did bring back April. April Justine from last week from Designer Exotics. Say hi, April. Hello, everyone. I'm See? very happy to be here, but very sad Carly is not here. Yes, unfortunately, Carly has become victim to the coronavirus. But she does not have it. Don't worry. She does not have the coronavirus. <laughs> she uh, she works in a nursing home, and she's having to work a lot of extra shifts to make sure that the old people don't die from the coronavirus. Because remember, people, it's only the old people that I really have to worry. We're fine. We're good. So quit buying all the toilet paper. Some people just need to wipe their ass. <laughs> and we don't have enough banana leaves. No. <laughs> so, also with April, we also brought in Owen McIntyre, which I told everybody that I was going to have Owen before I had Eric, We just had to wait and get around to it. So, Owen, you were on here first before Eric. And I will rub that in his face for the rest of our lives, because, I mean, I mean, it, I'm going to bring this up on the next episode and just, just constantly dig if I can, because, uh, you know, he still beat me to Australia, but I beat him here, so this is good. We're yes, even now. He, he may have beat you in Australia, but he didn't get to see the Owen Pelly until you were with him. So God really, damn right. God that's only because you were right. there. Goddamn right. Yes. Yeah, so so okay. if anybody's ever wondered who's the more important important person on NPR, it's I Owen. like this. I like this podcast. I should do this more. Oh my <laughs> god. This is good. I like. like what this. what brown nosing session? Did I, I, I don't get know. What, what do you want? Like, like don't, worry, I don't, don't worry. I'll do the same thing. About there. the bread lie. I don't understand. <laughs> like you didn't buy it. It's like, I, what are you trying to get from me? I'll, I'll do the same thing to Eric when he comes on. All, all right. Okay. Good. <laughs> but so let me go ahead and jump in. Uh, first thing I do want to talk about before we get any farther, uh, I do want to mention. Well, Tenley got canceled. In case anybody is living under a rock. Timely did get canceled because of the coronavirus. Yep. Uh, so they had to cancel that. And they were planning on having the big charity event for Forrest Fanning. And so that didn't happen. But it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. They are having an online event. Uh, it is, you can look up, it's at MAHS Benefit Auctions. Um, but Ian Bassell messaged me and want to make sure I got this out there. I really want to get this out there. It's a, Auction to help benefit his his wife Desiree and his son Lars. Um, there's also a commemorative shirt as well, and I will post all of this over on our Facebook group, the auction and the shirt. 
please do your best to help support them. Uh, his wife and his son, uh, they really need it right now. Um, Owen, Gino Forrest. Uh, I met him once or twice at a couple shows, and of course we had him at a, as a guest on the show. He seemed uh, like a really cool guy, and you know he's one of those guys that uh, no matter who you spoke to, I, I don't think anybody had a bad word to say about him. And uh, when you have a large collection like him, you kind of bridge all the different uh, type. Like you know, he, he was known and loved in the Monitor guys, known and loved in the, in the Snake stuff. He and I bounced team more ideas off each other once or twice. So I mean, it. it it's definitely a large loss to have um, somebody like that who is coming up in the community who is kind of like one of the bright patches of like, look, this guy's doing it correct. And he built these giant cages for his animals and he's obviously taking care of them. Like, please model yourself after this guy as opposed to the dude that's keeping a crop monitor and the 40 gallons long, like <laughs> in his child's bedroom. It's like, it, so it's definitely a, huge loss and it was definitely one of those things that uh you know definitely shocked me eric and a few other people so uh it, it really does suck we talked about it uh last episode with uh garrett and he was on the same page it was just you know he was talking to him more about retic stuff and like i said he kind of touched all the different facets of it so huge loss and i had just finished listening to y'all's episode with steven and then found out about it yeah uh, yeah that was the other thing that was weird too is that we had steven on and then I, I know we had been talking about having Forrest come back on. So, yeah. Yeah, he's he made the rounds on a couple of different podcasts. It, y'all should go out there. Anything you can find. He's on tons of different YouTube videos. Yep. Go watch Forrest Fanning. He's everyone, every story I've ever heard from him. It's, it's everyone says how great he was. And he did deal with some of the really, really cool stuff, like some of the scrubs and some of the, some of the stuff that people didn't really have. Uh, a lot of people don't really have in the hobby. Things that I know I'm not going to keep. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the patience that they they had for him or the space. Yeah, Andy's just a, a really nice guy overall. And anytime you know the reptile community loses someone that's such a gem like that, it, it really hurts all of us. No matter if you've known him face to face and we're friends with him, or just known of him, it definitely affects all of us. Yeah, and I, and I did say last time that it was like it, it's moments like this um, when the community kind of like steps up. Like you know, I remember when uh, uh, Bob Pudo. Uh, got sick and we did some stuff there um i it, it's just it's it, like there's a bunch of different um things like that where um it all kind of like everybody all of a sudden comes together does some stuff puts on a uh a thing at tinley or has some sort of fundraising drive and it's like I, when we do that i'm like ah, i'm most proud of the reptile community it's like oh there we go there you guys are i can almost forgive all the other crap you guys do the rest of the time. Yeah. It's like, you know, but like it, it's moments like this when everybody comes together and kind of forgets the stupid petty squabbles of like, you know, snakes belong in racks or snakes belong in cages. Like everybody shuts up for a little bit and yep. kind of comes together. And I do enjoy that. So, well, that's one thing I always tell folks. They need to get out and get involved in the hobby. Like I said, go to yeah. shows, talk to people because it's weird. It, it is a big hobby and a small yeah. hobby all at the same time. Uh, the more we start talking to each other, the smaller it becomes. Because I mean, I wouldn't know you guys had it not been for the other podcast and for Facebook and all that. But every time a name pops up now, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that person because I've seen this person talk about him or this person. And so it it all starts to connect. And just people just need to get out there, talk to each other. Um, and something like this, like I said, for for Forrest, if anything, buy buy the shirt, buy the shirt. You get your shirt out of the deal, and you get to help them. And I, I know his wife. And I mean, with their son is just turning one, I think, or just turned one. I think it's close to. I think he's. I think he's either coming up or 
just past, like you said. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. And so, I mean, help them out. It's, like I said, like I said on the last podcast, it was the whole idea of a son losing a father that really hurt me more than losing someone from the hobby. Um, but so I promised Ian I would mention that and it was, and people need to go. And I said, I will share all that information on our Facebook page so you'll be able to find it. So cool. let's move to a more positive note. All right. Uh, I did post a Facebook question on our group. Uh, last week, I think, because I knew I was having Owen on, and it was, if you could go herping in one place, where would it be and why? Uh, so what did the people say? Yeah. There were a couple, well, there were a couple, obviously, that said Australia. Uh, that, that was yeah. coming. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's weird because I asked that question for like eight years in a row now. It's like, holy crap. But I've had some like good ones where they're like, they, they say something and you're like, I would have never thought of it. Like every once in a while we talk to somebody who's from Australia or the UK and they're like, Arizona. And I'm like, oh, wait, why? They're like, why? They're like, you guys got like diamondback rattlesnakes. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, so. yeah, those are over there. It's yeah. like you kind of are like, oh, right. You forget what's in your own backyard and how awesome that thing is. So, yeah. It's, um, well, that's uh, that, it's funny because I did have one. Uh, you see, his name was Jake Hansen, okay, uh, from New South Wales, and his was we wanted to hire a car and drive across the USA. Uh, yeah, just the rattlesnakes, Gila monsters, and I got to think, I was like, well, hell, I want to see Gila monsters. Yeah, well, I want to <laughs> yeah. like, I already live here. I I got so mad at Eric because they went herping like literally ten minutes from my house. Oh, it's Zach, right? Like a yeah. while ago. Yeah, yeah, and, they're like, and I couldn't get off work, and they're like, they're pulling copperheads and timber rattlers and i'm like i hate you guys like i i hate you guys so much so like, you can go i'm like no it's tainted now i don't want to do it it's yeah it's but you, your stubbornness you prevails You're damn right it does so it's but it's like you forget that kind of stuff it is awesome i i'm the kind of guy that if i'm mowing my lawn and there's a black rat snake uh, half the lawn will be done and then i'll spend two hours with this black rat snake that i found it's well that was gotta, one Jake said he wanted to also see milk snakes and rat snakes and king snakes and pituopus, things that we tend to, yeah. I think sometimes we tend to just overlook that they're here, but he, he makes a good point coming from Australia where we hardly have any colubrids or colubrids, whatever makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of finding snakes that you can handle without having to worry about being envenomated by something deadly would be nice for a change. And that's whenever I think Australia, you think pythons and snakes that will kill you. That's that that was the rule in Northern Territory was don't grab it until don't you can ID it. And there were several times where, like me, Keith, and Rob were like poised to jump, and we're like, a leopard, and then we're like staring at it. And Rob's like, yes, I'm like, and we all kind of like coil back, like straighten up. We're like, we're not gonna touch it. Like we were getting ready to dive, and we're like, nope. So yeah, it uh, that happened at least a few times because you're right, it's flash of scales and you're like instinctively you're like grab it like no 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 brown snake don't touch like so yeah there were some good ones on here too uh that were not australia but i mean there was australia robert powers wanted australia to see carpets and blackheads and all of the venomous stuff yep um here's one that you can relate to uh mm -hmm. april yes ryan goslow said komodo national park Heck yeah, going there October, November. Oh, so excited! Shit. All right, well, I'm gonna, 
I'm gonna pencil you in for NPR because um, <laughs> when I get back, <laughs> you have to come talk to us so I can, like I do with Ari, I can live vicariously through you. That's so, absolutely okay. <laughs> um, Matt, I'm gonna say another one April can relate to is uh, Matt Minatola is constantly bugging me and Eric to go with him to Indo. Yep. Um, to go through like rice patties and find those slug snakes that he likes a lot. Yes. Um, and I'm like, that sounds boring to me. And he's like, I hate you. I'm like, I want to. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, and Matt and I have a contact out there that we can go and visit. And he'll he said that he would take me around and go herping there. So I'm like, well, all right, let's make this happen. You you flip over a banana leaf and apparently according to Matt, there's like twelve of them. They're like, hi. He's like, that's it. <laughs> I mean, if I saw a short tail in the wild, I could die happy the next day. Like, I would be totally it's good weird. with life. <laughs> it's weird. It is because, like, we saw the Darwin in Darwin. Uh, um, and Go figure. it was bigger than any other Darwin I've ever seen in captivity. Oh, and I'm like, cool. wait, am I doing it wrong? Or is like. <laughs> it, was, it was bigger than a Darwin that you would have? Yes. I, That's amazing. It was bigger than my Darwins. And I'm like, but I was told to keep it tiny. And they're like, oh, no, that thing eats awesome. So I'm like, Am I breaking the snakes, or I don't know anymore? So yeah, I, I don't know. So it rivaled some jungle carpets I've seen. It was a big wow. girl we found. Yeah, so a lot of the pictures I see actually of the coastals out there, they're pretty big. You mm. know, when you get some people in the the NPR chat posting stuff, you're like, "What? Wait, Wait, mine is it? much smaller. How did yeah. this happen?" Yeah, yeah those coastals all eating like wallabies and crap. Like every <laughs> it's half a wallaby sticking out of a coastal. Wallabies are big animals. Oh, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, they down that sucker. I'm like, I. Like I get yelled at because I said mine large rats. Just like, imagine if you posted if you posted a picture of you feeding one a rabbit, people would chop your head off. Well, I mean, yeah. would, <laughs> say Eric would probably have some choice words for the next episode, <laughs> but um, but it all depends on like the consistency. Like they'll eat a wallaby, but then that's it; they won't eat for the rest of the year. So that's where we kind of have the disconnect because I don't know about you guys, but when I first started, feeding my snakes was fun. It was cool. I enjoyed doing yeah. it. I did it too often. A lot of them got fat and died. Now I've kind of peeled it back a little bit. So, you know, but I have, um, a April, actually, you and I have, uh, sibling retics from. Yes, that. we do. Yeah. yeah. How and big is yours? I'm curious when you're talking size and whatnot. I know, right? Um, so you're, <laughs> we are talking retics, people. James, you don't need to be here quiet. So, um, it's, uh, it's, she's about i want to say she's about seven eight feet long and she's just started on rabbits and like we're talking like bunnies mm -hmm. um so i get them frozen thawed like three in a bag and she'll down those like she took one uh yesterday and then she's she won't move for like a month and then she'll start whipping around the cage again and i'll feed her again uh i'm not pushing her but my other two that are the straight up retic nador blood yeah. They're growing like weeds and pounding rats, and I'm like, please stop! You're too big. <laughs> like this is this is getting. You're also very badly behaved. It's like this is That's getting a little bad. It's like <laughs> it's a pissed off baby carpet, an adult carpet with body, and I'm like, oh shit. So yeah, I, they, they're they're cool, but I think yours might be a little bit bigger than mine because yes, I did. Mine is a little bit yeah, bigger than yours. I I knew it. So. Yeah, she's uh, about 10 feet, maybe Damn. 10 and a half feet. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I've been having her on rats this whole entire time. And what? even, yeah, um, she's on extra, well, 2X large rats. So maybe pushing a 
two pounds of rat, maybe. So, I mean, they're big rats, but. Like guinea pig size, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I skip those because I'm like, screw it. I I put my olive pythons on guinea pigs and they got, they just got fat. They didn't get big. They just got fat. Yeah. And I'm actually thinking the same thing because I know when you get to that size rat, it's not necessarily lean meat. No. So I, I've, I've been contemplating it. I just haven't taken the plunge yet to switch up her food. I just went straight to bunnies and I'm like, cool. So she only eats like once a month, but it's a rabbit. It's a nice size rabbit. And she'll probably start growing like a weed. And then I'll be like, Matt, what do I do? And he's like, here's a <laughs> I know exactly what he'll do. I'll be like, I don't know what to do. He goes, here's a male. You know what to do. I'm like, oh, all right. And then oh, I'll, man. <laughs> and I'll end up breeding retics by accident. So, yeah. By accident on purpose. Accident. Right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Retic Corner brought to you by April and Owen. <laughs> I started a new segment on another podcast. <laughs> so, also going back to this, some other places that came up over and over again. Um, Papua New Guinea, Ian Basels of Papua New Guinea, yep. and Jason Brumley agreed to, you know, to see GTPs in the wild, green trees in the wild. Mm. Uh, there were a lot that were. Uh, that and, and that general Indonesia general area. Um, Ryan Cox said Biak or the Sulawesi Islands. That'd be cool. Yeah. And then a couple said Costa Rica. I want to do Costa Rica just because it's close by. I think I can afford that one. Yeah, I want to go to Costa Rica too. When you go, please let me know. I will go along on that trip. (laughs) I just, I want to walk into the jungle and find something. I don't give a shit what it is at this point. I just want to walk into a jungle and find something. It, it, it's weird because, like, uh, you follow Nipper Reed and stuff like that, where he goes around to places you never figure would have anything cool, and he pulls out, like, this really funky-looking colubrid or something else, and, um, like, he's going to Greece and taking pictures of all these really killer vipers and stuff like that, and then Zach goes to Africa, and you're like, oh, right, there's a ton of really cool shit in Africa and reptiles. Like, okay, so you can go anywhere and find some cool stuff. Here was one that I thought was interesting. Bryant McDowell Jr. said Australasia, Borneo, and Sumatra, but it wasn't to find what you'd want to find, April. Of it was course. to find Foscarials. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, okay. That would be a cool one. I, I, you always forget about like going to these places and seeing the crocodilians. Although you went to Australia, and I'm sure that you're like, oh, shit, they're here. There are a lot of signs that tell you that they're there, just so you don't do that thing of forgetting that the saltwater crocodile's in the water. Um but we were, we, we found, you see the footprints, like, on the uh, banks, you see the, the slides, and you're like, oh, we didn't see one in the wild. We actually had to go to the zoos to see the salties, but, you know, we were looking, because I think that'd be cool. Uh, we did go to Fog Dam and uh, do the flashlight thing on the water, and you can see the eye shine. And, it was yeah. like, and you're like, I wonder how big it is. And you're like, I don't wonder enough to go down there. It's... <laughs> You first, Eric. It's like, yeah, no, it's, um, but it was cool. You, you do kind of forget that kind of stuff because, I mean, you forget, I'm a snake guy. I forgot that there were cool lizards and birds. Oh, like, yeah. You know, cockatoos were all over the place in Australia. And you yeah, forget like, that shit. Did you see the black cockatoos or the white ones? Both. Both. I'd love to see black cockatoos. They're yeah. cool. They're pretty. Like, they have the yellow. Fl- I didn't even know this. Like, I didn't even know cockatoos came in two different colors till I went there. And he's I didn't like, know until yeah. just now. So. There, there you go. See? <laughs> oh, yeah. Black ones are cool looking. Oh, yeah. They have, like, they almost have, like, uh, yellow, like, they're almost like a diamond python in a bird. Like, they have yellow spots cool. and stuff like that when you get close. And I remember we got back and I saw this really cool cockatoo and I sent Keith McPeak the picture. And I'm like, Keith, what is this thing? That's gorgeous. He goes, it's a black cockatoo. 
we saw a million of them. I'm like, oh, <laughs> good to know. It's like that's it's cool. It's something you don't even think about. Keith was all about that stuff. So I uh, I saw so kayak fish, and I live in Louisiana, so obviously I kayak fish around alligators, and it's so big deal. They don't they don't give a damn. Right. Uh, but I somehow accidentally joined uh, an Australian kayak fishing group at some point. I never left it. And, and I once was like, uh, so what do y'all do about saltwater crocodiles? But these all, these were all people that lived in South Park, Australia. It's like, yeah, right. we, we don't we don't kayak fish up there. <laughs> like, we, we just don't go. Because huh. I'm thinking, I've got a pretty big kayak. I mean, it's, it, my kayak is 14 foot long and like three foot across. It's massive. But then I thought, it's not massive compared to a saltwater crocodile. It, we When we were in Darwin, we went to Crocosaurus Cove. And it's that zoo that will lower you into the saltwater crocodile cage, and they're like, would you like to? I'm like, why are you asking? <laughs> yes. And he's coming too, and Eric's like, what now? I'm like, yes, get in the cage with me. So we did it, and I'm like, you're like, you see it, and you're like, it's a big animal. Then you get into water, you're like, dear God. <laughs> like, that is, <laughs> it scoots on its tail of the size of my hand, and I'm like, and that's the smallest part of him. Like, oh, yeah. I, and there was one point where we had these, like, air holes, and it turned, and you can get, like, eye to eye with it, and I was like, if I, if this plexiglass was not there, I'd be freaking the hell out. It, it's a dinosaur. Well, that was after Carpet Fest. We went to St. Augustine Alligator Farm. Yeah, that's and, a nice place. And they have their, they have a living one now, but they also have their old male um, taxidermy. Yeah. You can see them. Yep. Just standing next to that thing, you think, you don't stand a chance against that thing in a while. Like, there's no, there's no getting away. Any, I mean, it's massive. Yeah. There were a few places that we went in Northern Territory that had signs that said that there were, uh, incidences with solar crocodiles at this place like a little bit ago and we went right before the monsoon season so it was one apparently they're the most dangerous because the water levels are low and they're getting ready to move and all other stuff so it was uh i would have liked to see one like out in the in the wild so it would have been cool so now that you've been to australia yep i know you i know you want to go back again i do is there a non-australia place you would want to go I, you know, the problem is, is that, like, uh, talking with some of the other guys, I, I kind of want to go out to the west of the U.S. and check out, like, Diamondbacks and stuff like that. I want to do that stuff first. I want to go see those things. But then I'd love to go to, like, Galapagos, Komodo, oh. things like that. Go check out the, the, the cool things, the big things, like, you know, the, giant the things, the things we grew up seeing on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, listen, I've seen Komodos in captivity. I've seen Galapagos tortoises in captivity. I want to go there. I want to see that stuff there. Um, uh, you know, and that other kind of stuff. So, uh, that I would really like to do. I would like to go do the Africa thing too and check out all that kind of stuff. Those are the animals that like first got just plugged in as a kid. Yeah. Um, so I'd want to do that. But Eric keeps planning Australia trips that I keep going like, <laughs> damn it, I have to go again. So it's, I, I begged him to hold off on the Kimberly until I could afford to go back with him because I'm like, you are not going to find rough scales without me. I'll kill you. So um, <laughs> he agreed. So uh, Justin Smith had also posted going back. He said Southwest Texas and all that too. Yeah. Um, which I think I, I live in Louisiana. I could this summer get in my car and and just go. Yeah. Uh, I need to some. I need I need to just like get a group of folks and, and just go and and see what I can find. It's it's really the most fun. I mean, like I live in Hellbender territory, and you don't think about it. But me and a few of my friends went up to where they do the Hellbender research, and we started flipping over rocks. We found nothing, but it was so fun just to like get in the wetsuit and start flipping over rocks looking for them. It's like 
get back into it and you know especially now there are no sports anymore or anything else to watch well, my uh my parents just moved up to virginia to be near uh my uncle and my aunt-in-law and i was talking to my uncle this past christmas when i was up there and he said oh yeah we, we catch hellbenders every now and then when we're fishing i was yep. like wait, wait wait so you know where they're at he goes yeah i was like all right well this summer you're taking me there i'm going to find hellbenders <laughs> so that, that is my plan. That will be my next, I guess, herping thing is to go find hellbenders in the wild because I just can't imagine a two-foot-long angry salamander. It, it's fun. They're funny. They're hilarious. <laughs> You're, it, it's exactly what you just described. It's a two-foot-long angry salamander. What's yes. not to love? Yeah. So, April, I know you're going to Komodo, so that's going to be ticked off your list. Yes. And obviously, Indo, so you are, well... I am going to Indonesia on that trip, too. Yes. Nice. Are you hoping to find... Any bloods or short tails or? You know, we're going looking for cobras and retics and short tails is not on that list, but I'm definitely going to let them know that that would be awesome to see. Uh, but really, if I could see a retic in the wild, um, that would be really, really awesome because I don't think we do them justice in the States when we keep them in captivity, um, just how we keep them and just how athletic they really are. And I would just love to be able to see that for myself with my own eyes and not through someone else's pictures. I don't think with retics, it's possible to keep them in captivity the way we keep snakes and have more than one. I mean, you'd have to have a room, uh, an entire room for yeah. a big adult female. And, and trees. They they do yeah. climb. <laughs> yep. And so, I mean, that, I think that's kind of the problem. It's, it's you want to keep them, but you got to be able to keep them and still be able to survive, <laughs> like live. Like you can't yeah. just have every room in your house can't be one snake per room, and then you're sleeping in the living room because you have no bedrooms left. I mean, you could, but um, I mean, you could. The, the problem is also, I think we weigh them down because a, a lot of retakes, yeah. you, they do not get huge. Like they get long, but they don't get thick. And the problem is, we overfeed them; they get weighed down. So then it doesn't want to move. So then our caging system kind of works for it because it yeah. just wants to lay there, and that's yeah. not what it's supposed to be doing. So. Yeah. Yeah, and even like I'm, keeping anacondas, I would if I were to do that, I would want to have a huge water yep, pond for yep. it. Oh, you yeah. know, was that's why I know like that's not going to happen because I just don't have that capability to do that right now. Also, water, water sucks. Doing aquatic <laughs> thing sucks. Um, I actually, uh, I think Brian Barczyk just opened up his new thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're right. Yeah, gorgeous enclosure for his anaconda. Like it, it is, it huge. is. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I like that. So. <laughs> I've been watching those those daily vlog videos just to see mm-hmm. how that's coming along. Um, and was, on one of the last ones, he talked about how his wife complains about the retakes. And I was thinking, like two minutes before he said that, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, it's a lot of retakes. Because he's put like four or five of them in the, in the new place. And I was like, yeah. but as not a retake person, I'm like, I, I get it, I guess. But like, there's other really cool snakes. Like, yeah. just add other really cool stuff. But the anaconda thing, that thing is awesome because it's a huge pool of water, deep pool of yeah. water, you say. Yeah. And it's yep. and it's like it's like a, it's got like a filtration system and stuff like that. Well, he talked so. about planning it off of the one at the Dallas Aquarium. If you've yeah. never been to the Dallas Aquarium, their anaconda thing is set up. It's amazing. It's a big pool, and if I remember correctly, it's the same one. Also has like discus and like neon tetras in it, and it's a huge like plant. That mm-hmm. aquarium is amazing. If you've you've got to make it to the Dallas Aquarium at some point. Uh, they also have, and I've talked about it before, they have the um, Orinoco crocodiles inside, nice. which is these massive Orinoco crocs. They have a huge tank full of just massive Amazonian fish. It's just, it's an awesome place. I, I like aquariums. Yeah, I, like, I like aquariums because they're air conditioned. As a fat <laughs> guy, as a fat guy, that comes in handy. 
Zoos do not have air conditioning. No. <laughs> well, luckily, most most snake houses do. So I, I hang out with snake house a lot. I, yeah, I get that really is... hot in the snake houses. Like at the Memphis Zoo, they keep it so freaking warm and so humid. Ooh, so, right. You wouldn't like so, it there. I think the last time the Philly Zoo touched their reptile house, it was like 80, 1980 or something like that. Oh, I mean, <laughs> this thing is in desperate need of a redo. So I want to try to come up there this summer and I want to go see the Philly Zoo. And, uh, if jump. only there was an event happening sometime in the summer that would call yeah. the reptile people to the. Yeah, I had that event, had that, that event is. been planned somewhere in June or July, I'd have been able to make that event. That's the Hobbit's fault, not mine. But now, <laughs> now that event is planned during that the first week of fault? school. That is his fault. I I had nothing to do with this. So I, I had planned on coming up there and going to that and doing all that stuff. Listen, but, I uh, am the plucky comic relief. He has all the power. <laughs> but as a teacher, we start like the week of it planned. Yeah, so. yeah. It's uh yeah, August eighth for anybody who's wondering. But yeah. Um yeah, we, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm going to try and come up there. Joe has invited me up, and then I think I'm going to try and force myself into your collection and maybe Fine. and some other people's collections. What? Fine. If you don't lose your shit with the rough scales, you get thrown out. I mean, that's just how it goes. <laughs> so just fake it. I can you fake better. it. You better. I know Harry met Sally. I can fake it. Yeah, good. Because oh, I've had people be like, eh, I'm going to get out of my house. Like it's. You don't even know what you're looking you at. Get the hell out get of my out. house. <laughs> Don't even look at my rhino rat snakes. Get out. Yeah, look, look, so. look at those fancy brown chondros. <laughs> this, this interview is over. <laughs> nah, it's over. Uh, so, right, so that was our first question. It was about herping. And I really, my goal in the next year or two is to really make it out of the country. I just, I haven't made it out of the country on herping. Uh, I've it's been out of the country as a kid. Like when I was uh, like six, I lived in England for a year. But I was one, I was six and two. What the hell kind of herping was I going to do in England? For any of y'all in England that are listening, come on, seriously, y'all, y'all don't have any time. Bombard him with pictures of stuff, Nipper. Of, <laughs> of dogs. Just, just do it. Salamanders and some boring snakes and your your pretend venomous snake. <laughs> so um, I, re- I would love to go to South America, honestly, and find boas in the wild. I would love to find a rainbow boa in the wild. Yeah. Um, Just because, I mean, that's my collection. I mean, I own a lot of Kenyan sand boas, but. It's too damn hot in Kenya. I'm not going there. Well, so you're going to dig for them? I mean, like, no. Wait. <laughs> what are you doing? Looking for boas. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll just leave them there for a little bit. We'll get them. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff. And, I mean, it's a lot of fun, especially if you go with, like, a group of friends. Because yeah. it's like you're, you're just – this is your job for, like, a week. It was wake up, grind, try to find animals. But then you're like, holy crap, we're on this really cool mountain with a bunch of aboriginal artwork and – Oh, it's a freaking wallaby and all this other stuff. And then finding the animals at night when you're doing your night cruising is just, it's a ton of fun. Um, uh, and we did it like the, the, the wussy way where we went from like Airbnb to Airbnb that had like running water, showers and beds. We didn't like sleep in the trunk like Nick Mutton or something like that. Would and, you like, rather do it the other way? Like, no, 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 I don't. Fragile man, man. It's like, I just. You know, it, this is exactly what I wanted. When things got rough, and I'm like, of course I never packed correct. And I'm like, I ran out of clothes. And they're like, we have a washer. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's like, yeah, no, it was, no, definitely do it Rob Stone way. It's much better. <laughs> oh. Are they right. able to go on that trip? Isn't that like 
I don't know yet. Leave? Are I, they leaving this week? They're they're supposed to leave this week. And uh, what I keep saying is that um, Eric's going to end up flying to Australia, and then they're going to shut it down, and he's going to be stuck in Australia for a month. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I will I will never hear from him again. He will wander <laughs> into the outback, leave his shoes, and he will become. Well, I mean, he's a hobbit, so he should be fine <laughs> without his shoes. But um, I imagine he'll open some sort of roadside stand where where he'll sell nothing but flat whites and grilled cheese and uh herp and write his book and i'll never hear from him again uh then i'll end up dying of coronavirus that i got when i was in disney world last weekend so it's just the way it's gonna go yeah that'll be the end of the podcast <laughs> yep so. sweet I, I get to my podcast gets to move up a one little bit kick. up, a little up a yeah. <laughs> nice thanks to the coronavirus yep so uh but they're supposed to they haven't shut down australia yet which i know they're they're a little worried about that so hopefully they get to go because it's supposed to be uh uh, Eric, Rob, and Riley are going. So. They they can go visit Tom Hanks in quarantine. Yeah, I told them that's fine. I said if it's if you get there and customs is a joke and like it's all craziness, just start grabbing stuff and throwing them into containers and then like lick the handles. They won't open them. Like it's fine. Just that's how, that's how we get the animals, guys. Like we just now with our hands. I don't, I don't see the flaw in that plan. That seems perfect. Fantastic plan. So yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. So the other another question I had, and this one's kind of a little a little longer, was if you have ordered a cage, where did you order from, and how long did it take to arrive? So that's kind of a a broad question, and, and what really brought it up was Carly, who's not here, but um, I thought about this long while. I was like, should I mention the company she ordered from and all this? And then I thought, well, I don't give a damn who I offend, so yes, I will. Uh, I'm gonna, she ordered. I'm gonna- I'm going to guess in my head, and I'm going to see if I'm right. It's I'm pretty easy. sure you're right. <laughs> she, ordered from, she ordered from Animal Plastics. Yay, I did it. <laughs> I honestly can't remember how long she said it took. Uh, do you remember April? Because it was long. like It months. was really long, and I, I can't remember. It was multiple months. It is. Yeah. And, I think it was actually like four months, or maybe even four and a half months. It was a really long time. It is. It is. And, I mean, and, that's a normal one. And, and to their, I guess... To their credit, yes, they do get a lot of orders. They do, but here's the thing: I have mm. they're, they're they're sending them flat, so they're not assembling them, mm. right? Mm. So you, so those are a flat ship. Uh, it's all being cut by a CNC machine. It's not being cut by a guy with a saw in a shop. Uh, and you know they're gonna or people are gonna order a four by two by two or four by two by eighteen or whatever. You know what sizes you're gonna sell. Just why do you, why do you not have stacks of them? Just, I'm not exactly sure. And here's the thing, you know, as much as you might want to knock how long it takes, they do make very good cages. Ooh, I'm yeah, not knocking quality. I'm not knocking quality. I know. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're great. But here's the thing is that I I think I ordered a rack system on Black Friday during one of their Black Friday sales. And I think I got it in July. Wow. Jesus. Um, yep. And this is just a 41-quart rack, like five high or something like that. It, it, it just it they're just inundated with orders, constant orders and constant stuff. So it's one of those things that if you are willing to wait, you know you need to plan accordingly. You know it will take time. You you have to know that. Yep. If not, um, there are other companies out there, and that's just the thing you're going to take. I mean, uh, my cages are all from Evolution Reptile, which is I think he's in Virginia, um, and he does a couple local shows. And I contacted him, but usually he brings a couple cages to a show, and you can purchase them at the show. 
every time, every time I've needed a cage, something just exploded somewhere. What was that? I don't know. Was I that, that mine? Was my, I think it was my mic hitting my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> These, these audio things happen on NPR all the time. <laughs> Eric doesn't let me talk about them. But anyway, um, it, it's like the, the cages are pre-built right there. So if I've ever needed one or two, I just pick them up at the show. And that's yeah. the best thing. I, uh, knowing that I had to ask this question, yeah. uh, well, let me go ahead and go over some of the responses. And then I actually contacted several of the other cage manufacturers, rack manufacturers that I know people use PVC ones. Not, not I didn't do Freedom Breeder and ARS because right. that's completely different. That's a whole other animal. Yeah, that's, that's a different thing. Uh, but there's let's see. Jason Bromley gets this from PVCCages.com, and they usually mm-hmm. arrive within two weeks. Uh, that's fast. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty quick. Uh, this person <laughs> got six animal plastics cages last year, which took five months to arrive. Uh, then they just ordered four more ahead of time. I mean, they knew that, so they went ahead and got them early. They know it's yeah. going to take a while. Uh, Robert Powers has given up on buying them. Uh, so now he makes his own, which is also, you can always do that. Dallas Ruiz said one thing you can learn to do is carpentry skills and make your own, which I used to make all my own stuff. And, and then I started buying PVC stuff and I said, no more. These things are I, awesome. I made a stack. I made 10, six foot, six foot by two foot by two foot cages this summer. It took all summer. But, um, and, but I did save money because of how much you would spend on like PVC cages. And, uh, I was able to also alter them the way I wanted them to be. So if you can do it, that's awesome. Especially because if you buy the wood at like Lowe's or Home Depot and you go in there with the measurements, they will cut them for you. So yeah. all you have to do is pretty much assemble them yourself and then buy the glass. And there's tons of companies for that. Oh yeah. What material um, did you use, Owen? I used, uh, Keith sent me a whole big thing. I actually used, um, uh oh my god it was a uh, birch birch uh, yeah it's the, yep. that's what i've always ever used because it's super smooth and yep. clean looks really good if you want to stain or paint mm-hmm. he sent me this water-based sealant that he used and i got one of those uh spray gun things you just pour it into and you did uh seven coats on the inside five on the outside it it feels like plastic like you're holding yeah. like you're touching plastic oh yeah and it's fantastic, and they're sturdy as hell, heavy as shit. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun later. So, um, but uh, so far, so good. I, yeah. They're awesome. My last two cages I had, I think I've talked about them before, but they were five foot long, two foot deep, and I think almost, no, they weren't two foot tall, 18 inches tall. Mm. And I made the mistake of making out a three-quarter inch plywood the whole way around. So those Sorry. things, they were insanely <laughs> heavy. Yeah. It was three quarter inch birch plywood all the way around, and you—I mean, if I kept them, I could have buried myself in them. They'd have made great coffins. Oh yeah, I mean, like, were you keeping a Komodo dragon in there? But <laughs> it have held up. No, yeah. no, just a couple of boas. Oh, okay, that was it. Yeah, but uh, and then I slowly started buying PVC stuff, and I was like, I can move one cage by one hand. That's amazing. Yeah, I, it's. Yeah, I, I and the problem is, is that you know a lot of large cage orders are expensive. I've also heard that if you order the cage. Uh, or cages to pick up at large shows like Tinley Park. I know that's how Matt used to do his thing. Is he would order and say, I'm picking up at Tinley Park in Chicago in October because they're going to make sure that the order is filled by Tinley yeah. Park in you know, October. But that's something you have to prepare for. You have to bring a trailer. You have to do this. You have to do that. It's yeah. There are ways around it. it. It's just my thing is, is that I've now, I mean, I've done the whole find a cage guy near you and give him a, ridiculous amount of money to fill your room full of cages 
And now what I just keep doing is I'm like, hey, I need like two more. Oh, and here you go. Buy these and then put them on the stack. Or, you know, you have friends that have gotten out of snakes and you go over and you just buy their stacks of black PVC cages and just throw them in there. I mean, at this yeah. point, I have, uh, I think I have two four footers, four by twos that are sitting in my garage that I can't use because there's no room. I have uh, like two or three uh, 41 quart black plastic PVC ones that are in there. A, two baby racks that are just in the garage because I don't have any space in my basement for them. And it's like, you, if you kind of pay attention, you'll start accruing cages and you're like, I don't know what to do with all of these. So it's, you know. That, that's not a bad problem to have. It isn't. It really isn't because like, and let me put it this way. I will not buy animals off of Craigslist, but black PVC cages for like a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. Oh, give me that. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll bleach it and leave it outside for a month. It's fine. It, it, it'll be all right. So. I, uh, so I, I went through, I got one, two, three, I got five different companies. So this is for folks out there who, yeah. uh, that you may have only heard of animal plastics. Cause that's the, that's the big guy. The animal plastics is the big one. Right. Uh, but I've got five other companies out there that make cages or racks that can fill your order probably faster. And it's still good quality. Don't get me wrong. There are tons of pop-up cage manufacturers. So I'll use quote air quotes, uh, that will make you a cage of black PVC. Uh, it may not be the same as the next cage you get from them out of black PVC. Uh, a little bit off, doesn't stack right. Yeah. Uh, but most, the ones I went through have all gotten good reviews. I've heard good things about them. Um, so the first one I went to was MP cages and exotics. They are the sponsor for the herpeticulture podcast. Yep. Uh, and so, and I talked to them and the lead time on that. So those of you that don't understand lead time is how long it takes for you to get your cage from when you order. So the lead time there is two to three weeks. Not bad. That's not bad. Uh, they do racks and cages. Uh, they all ship flat. So obviously when they get to you, you have to put them together. Um, but he says that for the racks, some of them, uh, being pre-built is an option. But as you gotta understand, as I go through this, shipping is what kills when it comes to how much something costs. The cages can be a hundred dollars, but if the cage was assembled, it cost you $250 to get it to you. Right. Uh, so. But the MP cages, like I said, it's two or three week lead time. It does racks and cages. He also does white and black. Uh, he does a lot of white PVC and black PVC. So that was one. And I listened to the episode when he was on the Herpetic Culture Podcast with Justin. And then one, another one is Herptastic Reptiles, which I've seen Herptastic Reptiles on a lot of Facebook stuff, so I've contacted them. Uh, that was the longest lead time I found was eight to ten weeks, which is still kind of shorter than animal plastics. but uh, hopes to have that down by the summer. So there's going to be some plans to try and get that lead time down by the summer. Uh, they also ship. Again, ship flat. Again, most of these are going to ship flat just because it's cheaper. Uh, Scalebox was one that MPK just actually recommended I talked to. Also has about two to three week lead time and ships. Uh, one that does all the herp shows that I do is Brace Exotics, which April, I think you have experience with brace exotics, yes, right? Yes, my hatchling racks are all from him, as well as my eight-foot cages from my berm and my retic. And he even did a custom, like, shelving unit there for me nice. for the retic and the berm, so that was awesome. And he even delivered, because I didn't have a truck, so nice. very good customer service from him. I highly recommend them. <laughs> so he said his lead time is about 7 to 14 days, uh, but that is, like, I think it's him. There's only two of them working that, so it's just so, it depends yeah. on how busy they get. Uh, he'll ship anything, uh, assembled up to 36 inches. Um, 
And then I'll read something. Gotta read my notes here. He said most racks, though, not the case. Most racks are shipped within the first week or so after being ordered. They can get those out pretty quick. Um, and then my last one, which is the one that almost everything behind me, except for these two cages, because I got these two from someone who got out of reptiles, uh, is sea serpents, which everybody hears on every other podcast. Um, Chris's sea serpents is awesome. Uh, it, it's about a 10-day wait from when you first order to when you get it. And it's pretty true to about that, depending on how busy he gets and how many shows there are. But wow. the, I can tell you the quality from him, because I have them, is amazing. And the racks, if you get uh, racks, they come to you shipped and assembled. The sea serpents have the 15 quart, three high? Um, or is that maybe, somebody else? Maybe I do I, not know. I don't know. I would, I'm, I, I'm slowly keep looking at those. I'm like, because I'm, <laughs> I'm like... The only space I have is like one foot, like a little tiny thing, and I'm like, hmm. So what I can I squeeze in there? Grow up racks. I grow up racks. Yeah. So it's like playing Tetris. It 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 really is. Like it really is, and it's gotten to the point now where I had to break my OCD rule of having all black stuff because only white things could fit in there, and that doesn't hurt me at all. That, 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 doesn't, that, that doesn't sound right. Don't worry about it. Oh my gosh, I would not be able to do I have, it. I have like three white racks in with all oh. my black cages and white racks, and I'm like, oh god, it hurts. I'm like, just don't look that way. Just oh, keep so. looking straight. <laughs> I keep cleaning them because I'm like, I notice dirt on them easier. And like, yeah, it's bad. So, um, I, uh, these serpents, I have their incubator. I have their little. The hot box. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have that one, and I really like it. So I'm gonna get their two by two by four uh, eventually. Yeah. So. I say. Chris is awesome, and customer service is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I met him several years back when he was still doing a lot of shows. He doesn't do a lot of shows now because business is picked up and he's yeah. super busy. But he had done one of the shows here in Louisiana, and I met him and picked up uh, a big V uh, it was a V seventy rack mm-hmm. and a cage. And from then, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna keep ordering from him. It's 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 all the same. It all stacks. It all works. Yep. But all these other guys, I've either talked to that have used them or I've seen them. They're all good quality, and they yeah. all will get to you faster than some of the other people. And again, that's not a knock against the other people. I understand they're busy. I get that. But I just want people to understand there are other options out there, and it allows you to support some of these. I mean, all these people that are making for the most part, these people that are making cages also are keeping reptiles. They didn't just randomly start making cages for reptiles. It's, it's funny because you think about it when um, I was in college, there was a boa master. Yes, these two and, up here are actually Boa Master. I don't really like them, but they're up here. Well, they used to do the wood, wood melamine crap. Yeah. And I mean, like, it would look gorgeous for, like, a year, and then it would get wet, and then it would start warping, or the door wouldn't close all the way. And when you have a retic, that's a problem. You want the door to close and lock and not be able to be pushed open. Uh, my friend spent a ton of money and got a ton of custom huge monitor cages and the monitors did what monitors do they wrecked it and oh yeah, oh, yeah it, when we were pulling those they were disintegrating as we were moving oh my gosh it was horrible and it's just like so black pvc plastic is the same throughout like I, you should be able to it's gonna work it's gonna be fine so and, and to bowmaster's defense a lot of folks thought that melamine was the best way to go it was yeah but, at that point, it but was. water is an enemy to melamine. It is. It it really is, and and it's so heavy. Oh it is. God. Oh my <laughs> god, it sucked. 
I made my own racks when I was first starting out out of melamine and like, cool, great, but I couldn't move them. They were so, so heavy. It's, I, I, I really screwed future Owen when it comes to like moving out of here with those six cases. Um, especially because I, did you build them? Did you build them down there or did you? I built them down in that room because, uh, yeah. Um, and also, <laughs> I stacked them on each other when the sealant was still wet. So, so like now glue. they have fused. Oh, to like so a <laughs> I, when you I, move out, someone is buying a house with snake I, Like, I mean, I know a couple. For if real. I tell people that I'm selling my house and there's a ready, pre ready snake room down there, I might get some buyers here. But um, <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where I did it and I'm like, well, I'm finished. Shit. Like you, you, you start thinking about it, and you're like, "I am, I oh, this was not good." So yeah, it's, it's, it's later problems. Yeah, it's fine. So yeah, don't have to so, deal with that now. So I don't have to deal with that worry now. about that that's, now. That's future Owen's problem. Yeah, it's whatever. I know Bowmaster ended up switching to PVC because two of these cages are PVC Bowmaster cages, and I guess I should. I don't want to do that often. Uh, the reason I don't like them is the one cage. Uh, the person I got them from didn't keep their snakes in the best condition and I was not bringing those cages in my house until mm-hmm. I could seriously wipe them down and they got left outside it was hot and one of them warped a lot yeah it it so. again you know I had uh what is it I had um uh it was like really really thin plastic ones uh like uh, herb cages um the white ones bars made some like bars, that yeah, but I, yeah. I had a bars one once and it melted because of my own stupid stupidity of putting something that was Very not on a on not it. on a stat or near the yeah, like you know it's whatever so i'm like these are clearly not for me plus they also they did yellow after a while because yeah. they were that white stuff and i'm like now so you gotta gotta find your groove and i say find a cajun company that you're comfortable with that you like and then stick with it because they all have great customer service or they should yeah and a lot of them do you know, appreciate the repeat business and we'll kind of help you out. I mean, I had, when I bought my cages from uh, Evolution Reptile, I couldn't fit the standard size four footers and three footers in my room. So he made them a little bit taller, but a little bit shorter lengthwise so they would fit in so I could get all my cages. Now, you know, if I ever want to add to those stacks, I have to order custom or they're just those stacks over there and I get normal size now ones that I have room. But Again, he did me a huge thing because I was built buying an entire room from him. Yeah. So, yeah. Once I bought the four racks over here, I bought from him. I know people listening are going, over here, you can't see anything. Yeah, this but is the audio video. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, three of them, I love the three of them. They are the V35S racks. So yeah. they fit the V35, the V15, the V18. I love those. I like love those racks. Style. Yep. Um, I made the mistake. The very first one I got, which is is now officially just my baby rack, mm. is only it was a V15 rack, so it fits V15 and V18s, but I can't put my V35 tubs in it. Yep. So from this point on, everything is going to be the V35 short racks, but mm. they stack. I love them. I got like I said, I've got a V75 or V70 from them and two four foot cages, which he doesn't have cages listed on his website anymore. And he, yeah. I've asked him about it. He said he can make them if someone's interested, but it it's going to take a little time because he's got to shut down doing racks and then build cages. Right. Um, but I do love my cages from him. I did pick up a rack at Tinley this year from him, which is also a great thing about going like Tinley. You can you can see most of people in person. 
if, if you're at Tinley Park, you need a cage, and you see it, buy it. it the, yeah. the stuff yeah. that's on the floor is for sale. Oh, buy and, it. And, and do it, like, get there on Saturday and do it within the first hour. Because yep. I can tell you, Chris at Sea Serpents was empty by Sunday. Yeah, There's I mean, a, a lot of tags on everything. Done. It's, I, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. It, it, it'll happen. It'll happen fast. Uh, the cool thing it was about talking with a person who's building the cages, and if you're going to put in a large order, discussing it is because mine were custom ba- made. He had a bunch of extra, so he made me these like one by one by one cubes. Well, that's cool. And I'm like, all right, and it's just a little stack that I throw like grow up collier bridge and stuff in. So I'm like, whatever. So <laughs> it, it, you can work with that stuff. But I do love the racks. Like I have um, the ones I think they're at, it's an animal plastic rack. It does the 32 port tubs and the, or the 215s. Yeah, Next I week. had that one before. I, yeah, like I love it. Matt hated it. That's why he like sold it to me. But I'm like, I love this thing. He just fine, dude. Just take it. Yeah, I, I think any of them that you can convert from one size to another is beneficial. It is. It really, really is. Oh, yeah. Well, it change out everything. Well, yeah, I was going to grow up. My Sambo is all in one rack. Yeah. yeah. I can go from baby to adult. Um, The one thing I do like about vision tubs that I'm not a fan of, like, ones that are made from Sterilite or Rubbermaid tubs, is those vision tubs have no grooves. It's completely smooth. So you don't get your rates caking up in the grooves and all yeah. that stuff. They're, I, I want to say Sterilite released the 32-port tubs with these, like, bubbles on the bottom so they could lock into the lid on top oh man and i was driving my, and they and they also curved the corners so i kept like buying 32s and it wouldn't fit and i'd like lose my freaking mind until i finally found like one target about an hour away that had and i just bought all their 32 port bins and i just took them all home so yeah what's well, like the christmas tree job I, I made a rack back in college i made a like a three-tier rack on rails with the christmas yeah. tree tubs um but the christmas tree tubs have those little feet grooves yeah, in them yeah, yeah. and it, they would just be stained with your rates because that shit doesn't come off like it's you're just you're scraping at it as much as you want and I mean, it's you might as well use your rates as cement I mean, that stuff is there forever <laughs> i uh, uh i got a was it a one of those like steam cleaners yeah. does it work it does but ah. it, you have to like you have to blast it like oh man with a like straight like stream of steam for like five minutes you're like ah oh, like at this point the plastic's on like the warping the <laughs> like i got it off and it's like yeah but there's a hole through it like <laughs> whatever it's fine so yeah it's, that's uh, what someone someone needs to really study your rates and figure out how to make artificial form of your rates and we could make kind of that into a building material yeah oh my there, gosh that's bottles yeah <laughs> there you go we no that's longer would just have asphalt out. yep replace all highways with your rate material Oh, so, so yes, cages. Um, one thing I have seen is some lows I've seen where they actually sell the PVC in like four by eight sheets. I've seen that too. Uh, I've seen the white one. Yeah, it's I, white. I've ordered. I found some guy near there. There's a few people that will sell the sheets of black PVC. I ordered a ton of black PVC. Um, and I was going to make my own cages. I would not recommend that unless you have access to a table saw or a CNC machine. Because, or you know what you're doing, because <laughs> I did not, and um, none of my lines were, I, I only had like a circular saw and some saw horses, none yeah, of my that's, lines that's were not correct, good. none of it was good, all of it was bad, everything that I got, I'm like, finished, and I put the glass in, and there's like a gap in this corner, <laughs> like it's, it wasn't good, at this point, I have 
um, I helped a friend just build a bunch of cages with those. Like, I, I think I helped him build his, and I sold the rest of my sheets. I have a bunch of scraps, and I keep making, like, basking shells for snakes out of it. But, uh, again, if you if you have the tools and the skill, totally do it. You'll find somebody who will do that stuff. But, you know, I, the only reason I had success with the wood cages is Lowe's did all the cutting and hard parts for me. And <laughs> yeah. I was a very good Lego builder as a child. So all I had to do was just put shit together. So I uh, I will say if you order a PVC cage from a place, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the stuff that basically welds PVC to PVC. Yeah. Get that stuff for when you put your stuff together. Put it, put that down and then put regular silicone over that. Yep. But if you just try to silicone the edges, that silicone will peel up. You're going to end up having water dripping out of your cages at some point. Yeah. Um, that's one one problem with my two bow master cages up here is I didn't do that. They came to me already put together and everything. I tried to silicone it and it just doesn't work. Whereas my two sea serpent cages, he sealed the whole thing and it holds all the moisture and all the water. I've actually used that, um, what is it, that, like flex spray or like that spray it's rubber? Flex seal? Like whatever the hell you want to call it. There's actually, you can, rubber. you can build a boat out of a screen door. Screen door. Yeah. Who gives a damn? But it's, <laughs> There's actually cheap knockoff versions, which is just rubber, because that's all it freaking is. And I've sprayed that, and that works great, um, just like in the corners. And it comes in black or white, so you won't see it. And if you use substrate, it's going to get buried anyway. So, yep. yeah, screw it. I know um, the one thing that kind of tied into this was I was looking, and Riley, and they just they did a podcast on racks versus uh, cages, which is right. that debate that keeps getting brought up, and and, and I agree with them. It, it needs to not be so much a, a uh, racks versus cages; it's racks and cages. Yes, yeah, healthy mix of them all. And it's you know, like I said, I I know people who've done all cages. I know people who all done racks, and I I know Eric's got racks, tanks, and aquariums because diamond pythons really like aquariums with a heat bulb. Weird, but <laughs> I mean it's. Well, I'm I'm setting up my I'm building a tree in the tank in my living room. I'm going to put all three of my rhino rat snakes in my giant living room display case because it's like screw it, you guys are fine up here. Ooh, like, oh, um, you're gonna you're gonna cohab. Yeah, three. Ooh. I'm gonna cohab one point two. Yeah, you're a horrible person. Come get me. <laughs> They're all the same species. It's not like I'm putting the king rats in there with them. It's like you know it's. All the Asian rat snakes will live together in harmony. Why are there less now? So like, yeah, no, it's no, it. I why not? It can work. Oh no! Look, yeah. as someone who used to work at a zoo, I understand cohabbing can work just fine as long as you know what you're doing. Also, separate them when you're feeding, you idiot. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's got a rat. Where'd that one go? It's like that. <laughs> no, just and it's really easy. So that's why that's why I kind of pick the rhinos because they'll take the temps. And also, like, they're really easy to wrangle and put into, like, I don't know, a shoebox and feed separately. And then they can just sit in the tank in these, like, locked containers until they're done with their mice. And then I'll let them all out again. So, it, whatever. That works. Yeah. But, so, I, I their their podcast kind of tied into what I want to talk about this week. It was it had to deal with cages. And I, I agree with them on all that. And we brought up before, but. People stop arg arg stop arguing about That's racks and cages. Never going to happen. There's always somebody who feels that they need to make sure that everybody knows what they do 
and they the want only way. The only way, and they want praise for this. <laughs> and I've been keeping snakes for five minutes. But I know everything because I watched YouTube. All of it. And I, yeah, I read a book. This one person I watched kept one snake like this, and all of my snakes will be now be kept like this. Well, then you have, too, like, people over in Europe also, they have regulations yeah. on their caging, you know? So they, not everyone, I'm definitely um, over, uh, what is it called? Where, whatever, it doesn't matter. So <laughs> they, <laughs> words, <Whatever>. April, words. <laughs> um, so they have all these regulations, and then, some people have come to me because I do, you know, YouTube stuff so you can see my snake room and see how I keep them. And right. given me a lot of crap, actually, about how I keep my short tails and how bored they are and how simplistic it is and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I do want to comment there because you said bored. Yeah. I, get, I get annoyed when people's argument is with the snake in Iraq or whatever. Well, imagine if you were – that cannot be an argument for snakes. The Imagine right. if you were – they're not people. No matter how much you baby talk or give it a name, not even mammals. It's, it's it's not a person. It doesn't have the same thought process. And you can say, well, in the wild, well, no shit. But we're not keeping them in the wild. We're keeping them in a room in a box. Uh, we, all, we all agree to keep them in a room in a box. But some people, it's fine if you if you want to give your snake an entire room. It's your snake. Do what you want. But if April keeps her bloods in a tub, and they eat, and they do fine, and they're healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's um, what normally snakes will move for food, prey, or a mate. And if you provide them all that in one space, why the hell is it gonna? It does it, cool, sweet. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. So it's just the way it is. But well, I, I know with um, talking with Peter Birch in Australia about his children, I they're. Like, to a point of when he breeds them, he has to double the size of the cage because it has to have a certain amount of space per children eye. So what he had to do was put the cages next to each other and then, like, drill through and put a PVC pipe. And then when it's breeding season, he has to open it up. And that's, that's how crazy. he breeds. And it's like, that's insane. And I think the requirement for, like, a children eye was, like, a three-foot cage. And it's like, that's a children's python. <laughs> Like, mine lives in a V70 by herself. Dear it's God. Doing good. It's, you know, it's, oh, I'd, be, I'd be screwed. They'd be like, yeah. the size of your coastals? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> now, I've thought the same thing. I'm like, man, if I have to go through those type of regulations, I would have to have triple the space I have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, put triple the money into all the caging. And, and I am not one to skimp out on, you know, my caging and how much I'm putting towards it. So, but just thinking about how much to, to set it up just to have, you know, however much space per foot of snake, I think is what the, the yeah. regulation is, I think. But Which... then there's also animals that do better in a rack. I have a water python that is a horrible, horrible, horrible animal that is from the depths of hell that I want to light on fire. I also want to breathe. <laughs> I don't know why. Because it's evil and you like evil I, snakes. We can get into this analysis later if we want to, but, you know, eight years of NPR hasn't gotten down to that core yet. But anyway, um, but she if I put her in a cage and she can see me, she'll just hit the glass. Like, she's just, every motion, everything, she hits it to the point where she's messing up her face. I have to cover the glass, all this other stuff. I put her in a rack, like just a 41 quart. She's fine. Totally yeah, cool. I've had snakes like that too. Yeah. 
it's yeah. whatever it works whatever works best for the animal is what you should be doing it, it, it and you shouldn't knock other people because it works for their animals you know that that that's it that's it well, it's, I think Matt Minotola, I think it was Dave Kaufman went to his place, right? And there was a video. Matt's Matt place is gorgeous. Like, he talk, I mean, well, he talked about his bloods. The bloods do better in tubs. They do. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to feel all the sides. They feel yeah. confined. They like it. I know because I've had one for like of two months before. Oh, Matt man, you're a genius. I am. Like, I know more than April at this point when it comes I'm to I'm pretty blood. sure that blood was gorgeous, too. It was it just was, like terrible. Uh, it, I'm going to say words, and I'm going to see if they were correct. It was a lily line. Yes. Something, something, so something. Far you're, so <laughs> far, you're making sense. Juan, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I got it from him, and he was like, you are an idiot. It's like, it's, I, no, it wasn't batique. Words, whatever. Matt took I, I do know batique is a word. That fits it is a word. It is a word with words, right? <laughs> I'm just gonna take words that might fit into blood python and put them together. Matrix Lily line help. No, probably Hetsy positive would be. There you go, sweet. Probably. What April said. Yeah, and it was. I had that thing for a while. It did. I put it in a cage. It was like I hate this, and I put it in a rack. It did so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, because they stay buried underground, right? They are (laughs) stay wedged underground. Yeah, they're in leaf litter and they just sit there for a really long time. So I saw I saw a video once where like there was a, a hole and they were just like pulling blood <laughs> out of a hole, all wedged in there like underground. It's, it's crazy. If they find some place that works for them, why the hell would they move? So yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it, it's just the way it is. So and I I kept her too hot because all my other pythons like it too hot. No and, wonder she was an asshole. Oh, she would. I think I drove to Matt's for like a barbecue and I just dropped her off and I'm like, this is yours now. He goes, what are you? I'm like, nope. And he's like, all right. He sends me a picture of like his daughter holding it. I'm like, go to hell. Like, like, you know, he's he's hugging it and I'm like, whatever, dude. So is is he booping it on the snoot? Because I know Matt would love boop snakes on the snoot. That is. I, I, he did not. I had a, I actually had a funny story. I brought somebody over to check out my stuff and they tried to like, I pulled out Kaiju, who's my black face white lip, and they like were like drifting towards him with their finger extended, and I'm like, "What are you?" And then Kaiju just ripped into their hand. Like, <laughs> good, good boy. <laughs> it's like you know, don't touch a white lip on the face. It's like yeah, whatever. So, uh, there's several things that annoy me: booping the snoot and spelling out the word snack. Mm. I did that once, and well, I've and, done that more than once. And then, but and then I did your it on soul a died. Someone was like, I am never, ever going to buy an animal from you because you said that. I'm like, well, then, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, my fiance likes to call them noodles, and we're like KJs, and she's like holding Dunn's pythons. She's like, cute little noodles. I'm like, you are embarrassing the shit out of me right now. <laughs> In front of people? Like, <laughs> yep. Oh. Anyways, so that was a long roundabout way of saying, hey, Order your cage from whoever. Just realize it may take some time. Yay! <laughs> Sum up the past half an hour in one sentence. Or build cages if you're a glutton for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't seal them together. You know. Yeah, no, that was, there are several mistakes that I will warn you against. Um, <laughs> measure measure all doorways. Build it outside. Make sure it can make it inside. Yeah, yeah. 
individually they can get through the doorway in the massive stuck heap that they are now so again i'll deal with that later but uh if 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 you are one of the people who is interested in building the cages you can contact me because i can share you the blueprints that keith mcpeak drew up for me because at this point i've shared it with like justin julander all these other people who keep asking me questions about it like at this that 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 blueprints made rounds like it i think eric's designing cages right now because he's realized all his shit's getting too big so yeah yeah so we talked earlier about how although we are a big hobby it's a small hobby and it's funny yeah. you've mentioned several names lately that like i met at tinley well i didn't get to meet y'all tinley because you assholes didn't go the one year i went yeah right. do that we <laughs> sometimes i send one like eric goes in like a scouting party to make sure it's safe for me and then I show up the next year without him. And then we eventually get our act together and show up together. And then we never go back for like four years and then come back again. So, yeah, it happens. See, this past year is my first time going, but I got to meet Matt Minitola, which is a name yeah. I'd heard on everybody's podcast. And then there was also Keith McPeak, yep. who has the most amazing Madagascan tree bullets I've ever seen in my entire life. They're pretty. Like, I saw them in person. They're gorgeous. All that white that's on them is yeah. not normally on Madagascan tree bullets. Yeah. His are awesome. And then also he's got um he's got like you just wander like he's got such a small collection compared to what he used to do when he used to breed uh bloods and borneos and stuff like that heavily. Um, you know, but it's like every animal's like hand picked to be kick ass. So he's got like some awesome Amazon tree boas, a ton of really good emerald tree boas, and then he's got these like two hog island boas. You're like, I've seen hog holy crap, like that is pink like dear god yeah. like he's got that kind of cool stuff so so that okay let me ask you this because yep. i'm i produced a litter of uh boas last year and i kept I back a killed them all with fire i hate boas it's not about it's not about dominican boas because then i stand by my no, answer no no I, i've heard your horror story of that yeah one. But no, I, I kept back one super sun glow that is super pink and he looks awesome. And uh, I'm in the process of trying to find a female for him that meets what I want. I don't know how you are anymore because I know you are you at the point now where you're not actively searching for mates for things you produce? Or are you just keeping stuff you produce or are you still searching? I'm still searching because there's always something that you could add and there's always something to have fresh blood. I'm not actively searching. I'm just kind of keeping eyes open. I know friends of mine who are breeding this year in projects that I'm interested in. And I'm like, let me know when those babies arrive because we'll talk. But then <laughs> there are projects that fall into my lap. It happens all the damn time. Um, I was, I, I helped a friend breed a couple of snakes this past year, just kind of like coaching them through it and talking them through. And he produced some killer reds and he gave me a pair MBB line reds um, and my male Deadpool. And I'm like, all right, shit. Now I have to build a red project. I didn't <laughs> want to, but dear God, like Twist I can't. Twist my arm. <laughs> you know, like, you know, just sit here. And I'm like, well, hell. And then I talked with KJ, and he's got some red exanic jacks. I'm like, fuck, this is getting, this is getting good. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I'm not meaning for this to happen, but somehow I have a project rolling, and it's just the way it is. But um, you know, I, I, I. I have a couple of animals here that I'm like, if the right animals with a friend of mine, I'll make a deal. If the right animals over there, I'll talk into it. But if I'm looking for mates for animals or looking to pair up animals, they're ones that I don't produce here. So like, are you super picky? Like if you know you're waiting yes. 
So okay. that's where I'm at right now. So I kept the one super sun glow. And right now I'm like, I need a hypo jungle head albino, but with a lot of pink. And I'm yeah. like, uh, it's, it's super picky. Like, I don't know how long I'll, I'll have to wait to find it. You need to be that picky because I'm telling you right now, the second you bend and you break and you're like, screw it, I'm just going to get this one. That animal that you've been dreaming of will appear on King Snake fauna, you know, at a reptile show. Like, I'll be like, hey, dude, this was dropped off at my house. Like, why is it here? I don't know what to do with it. Like, it'll be one of those things. And you'll be like, shit. <laughs> and then you'll have to either buy it and then have two snakes or let it go. Um, and it, it really kind of sucks like that. And I say that you want to be picky because that's what really moves the projects forward. Um, I've become real picky with my holdbacks. If this animal is not really what I want and I'm going to keep, like, I usually keep a pair from every clutch for at least a year, let them develop. Yeah. And then after that, I'm like, mm, bye. Like Especially if it's carpets, you know, yeah. when they come out, they're yeah, y'all have to wait know. Yeah. ugly. They are ugly as sin. Like, you know, it's I, I have a clutch of jungles cooking and I'm like, please be yellow, please be yellow out of the egg. Just, I feel like when you guys go to shows, like bring some adults because I do. I the only reason I sell them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you exactly. Right. The only reason like so I do the T negative blood pythons and when they come out, they are blah and just yellow. Like you can't see any pattern, you can't see yeah. anything. And then I bring up my adult, and people are like, "Oh, wow, that's great!" I'm like, "Yeah, this this is the same this, thing." This, yeah, <laughs> this will turn into the end. Yeah, might take know, a couple years, but it'll I, don't that, I don't know that pain. My boas come out looking the way they're gonna look. I'm good. Whatever, dude. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot of bear. No right. mystery Shut for up. you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> don't even have the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. No, no eggs. They look the way they're supposed to. Oh yeah, my but, gosh. but I'll say this. Um, <clears throat> um, the surprise of it um i don't like the surprise as far as chondros like i won't invest in an animal and have it turn green you have no <laughs> idea what's gonna happen yeah 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 That's, and it, that, that whole process with chondros is crazy like i mean first off you know it's gonna change colors just naturally and then not knowing what color it's gonna change and then the fact that it may not look anything like either of the parents I'm like that I find that, but I have to give credit to those that do those long-term projects with, like, especially chondros. But it would drive me insane because, like, imagine if it's changing colors and you're like, "Oh my god, it looks gorgeous! That's fantastic! Just, just stay just like that. Yellow snake with some green patches. That looks so cool. That's you're my favorite. And then, like, one day you open it up, it's like all green. You're like, "Oh well, shit! Like, no, I don't." <laughs> if I've developed, no longer fit in my I project. <laughs> Go away, you green Go snake. Away, green animal. Oh, I do have to say, though, the problem with having animals that are born that develop their color later, and this is like first world problem type of thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like problem in air quotes. You know, I've had it where I've grown up animals for years, and actually just recently I sold a bunch of sub-adults that are a year away from potentially breeding because right. they weren't exactly what I was looking for. But I didn't know that when I got them as babies even doing bloodline and looking at, you know, what the parents looked like and everything, they still didn't turn out exactly where I wanted. And I put all that time and all that food into them. And, you know, they're not adding to my projects whatsoever. So yeah. there's a, there's definitely a downfall to that, James. <laughs> That's a double-edged sword though, because I would rather be like, all right, I've made the decision. You can go then let the baby go and then have somebody like James posting up every like three weeks, this is freaking amazing caramel jack. I got sure. and I'm like, son of a bitch. Yep. Like, and yeah. I have an ugly one that I kept by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
like, dang I, like, it. I, like, I have the two girls. I'm like, I'm going to let you go. And that one turns spectacular. And the one I kept just becomes brown. I'd be like, well, shit. You know? Yeah, that, that, I always think about that with the carpets when I hear y'all talk about how you've got to keep them for so long because you don't know. Like, it, it could end up being amazing. But I can't, I can't imagine selling it and then having to look at pictures pop up all over the internet and go, oh yeah, I made that. And then you look in your, you're going to your collection and go, I don't have anything that looks like that. What the yep. hell? Yep. It's even better when like somebody comes up and be like, I took the two animals I brought from you and I bred them. Man, the babies and like the babies like drop dead gorgeous. Like could have been mine. All of those, all of that, <laughs> that entire thing born here. Yeah. That sucks. Like, but, um, it's even funnier when you think about it. It's like, I, I, I have a baby jag I got from Jason Balin and I mean, he was pink when I got him and then he, changed color to this like kind of like dusky orange kind of tan and then he kind of got a little bit more yellow and now he's just kind of stopped at this like khaki color and it's like he changed colors like five times like i don't know what the hell he was doing like it's <laughs> but at this point he's 11 years old i don't think he's gonna change color again but i don't freaking know so whatever bye so it's uh it's cool to think about that kind of stuff and build off it but after a certain point and you've bred those animals a ton of times, you know, all right, that one is going to be good because the three or four I kept that looked like her turned out to be really, really good. And then that one that is close, I kept a few of those and they turned out to be dog crap. It can go. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like you, you figure it out. Yeah. And that's what I figure. It just comes with time and with experience. But that's why I'm, I, I'm on Morph Market like 20 times a day just like hoping somebody posts a female. And the other problem is, Every now and again, I'm like, that snake is perfect. And then I look at it, it's a male. It's like, damn it. <laughs> like, can, can someone just change that? Make it a female? Come on. Just, like, just probe it really deep. Is that, that's not how that works. <laughs> oh my like, God. You know, you have to. Um, <laughs> although, this although, will be a male. <laughs> a female, I say. You are a female. <laughs> Always double check that stuff, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always call the person and be like, can you recheck it? I, I know it's, as a breeder, I'd be like so annoyed if somebody called and be like, can you check again? But always ask again because um, uh, that's how KJ found the Dunn's Python is because I found it and I'm like, I don't want a male. And then he called the guy and had to recheck it and it was a female and he bought it. And I'm like, oh, oh man. Oh, my yeah. God. Shit. <laughs> So that's that's another area where I luck out with like sambos and boa constrictors is I can just pop, I can palpate them and feel it without having to deal with any probing any pop because I can't pop with shit. Yeah, I, I'm good at the popping. I suck at probing and I'm terrible at palpating anything. Like I have to have Eric or Matt come over and be like, "Yeah, dude, this thing is gravid. Like it is solid. It is huge. Why are you questioning this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I see it every day. <laughs> I don't know." Like, I had my whole litter of boas this past year, and I started, I sit up there, uh, you know, rub my thumb down the tail, trying to figure out their male or female, and I'm like, female, female, female. I was like, they can't all be fucking female. Because I'm, I'm used to it with my samboas, who have very short tails. And then I was like, oh, hold on. I went back and did it again, and I went like an extra, like half an inch farther. I was like, oh shit, it's a male. I didn't go far enough to feel the pop come back up, but, uh, it's so much easier, especially at a show when someone's like, hey, can you sex this for me, sex this for me real quick? Yeah, I can just do it real quick without having to have probe sets. And I, like I said, I could, I've never been able to actually make anything come out of this. I can't pop a damn thing, yep. which is why like, I can't do corn snakes because I'll never be able to sex the damn things. I, I pop them the second they hatch. 
and that's They're like so they're tiny. How can you? <laughs> I wait a couple weeks because man, <laughs> immediately because they're tired, they don't know what they're doing, and I just want to poke it. And like, whoop. like if he it's takes advantage. Boy, he yeah. takes advantage of the baby snakes. See, with corn snakes, they're very easy to tell the difference when you pop them between male and female. But then I get my blood pythons, and even if you can pop them, it's so hard to tell sometimes what's male and what's female. So I actually price all of my snakes the same. I don't price them different, male or female, because sometimes, you know, like everyone in the blood python community has had a project that they're really excited about and then get screwed when it comes to, you know, four years later, we're ready to breed, and we have two males or whatever it is. Right? I don't know how much different it is nowadays, pricing males and females. I remember back in the day, it was always a huge difference between male and female prices, yep. but you don't notice it that much anymore with a lot of stuff. There isn't that much anymore because a lot of the morphs that are already out there, there are, like, boys and girls of everything out there already. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I screwed myself because um, I kept back a female. Caramel Jag and raised. For those that couldn't see, there were air quotes around female. There were many. Um, uh, <laughs> raised her up to breeding size, and then put her in with my breeding male this year, and nothing happened. They just kind of sat there on it, you know, in the cage, whatever, curled up together. And then I threw in my other proven male, and they combated. I'm like, wait, what were you doing the entire time? Like, I don't <laughs> like you're a proven male too, you lazy ass. Like it's, and it turned out to be a male, and it's like this is like the only time I've ever actually like been like, I got it wrong, dude. And I screwed myself. Like <laughs> which, if, if I was ever going to get one wrong, I'm totally fine with it. Being, it being yourself. Yeah. I prefer yeah. that. But I was like, damn, that's upsetting. But uh, luckily I have several other females that were okay. But now I'm sitting here. I'm like, yep, I got five male caramel jags. We may need to send the turd here. Like, there's all. <laughs> was not how that was supposed to go. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, like I said, the, all, all of that was just because now I've got to be picky about my next snake. You do. You do. You <laughs> it's, you got to be picky because if you do, you're, 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 you're really not helping your own project. And, well, and I've seen several snakes that pop up and I'm like, that could work. And then I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but I didn't say that will work. Like in my head, I'm like, if I'm saying that could work, it's not the one I want. Yeah, you're settling at that point. Yep. Yeah. So don't 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 get her like because you you said you're looking for a girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, hook him up. You know, you got to get him a good looking. <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't just, don't just go to the dealer table and be like, Boa, please." Like, no. <laughs> the other problem is in my head. I'm like, okay, girls take longer to raise. Fuck, I need yeah. to get her soon. But well, I, I mean, it is what it is. I'll wait. The other thing you could do is breed them again and then keep the females. I mean, try to try to recreate it, but a girl. Um, That's true. I've been working with this same line of tiger jack. Like uh, Talon is a 2008, and I bred him for the first time, uh, like 2010, 2011. And I've been producing tiger jacks with him ever since, and kind of recreating the lines. And I've never gotten a girl that I like. Like never, like every single, like just have not been right. The boys have always been the ones that have been like the pattern and the color and the perfect ball back and all that stuff. Then this last year was a terrible year for me. I got like a ton of slugs, but I got one good clutch of like eight eggs and I hatched the female tiger jag. And I'm like, oh shit, finally, like you say, <laughs> like it's, it took that long, but whatever. I finally got it. So you can work at it yourself. Yeah, and then that's I think everybody needs. We're at a point now where everybody needs to be more specific, more selective. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I keep the car line of albino and boas. And for the longest time, people shit on them saying they lose their color when they get older. They're not as good as the sharp line, yada, yada, yada. But I, I equate all that to the fact that everybody bred car line into everything and it hides a lot of ugly in boas. So you can breed a call to an ugly ass boa. And if you get albinos, albino will hide a lot of ugly. This is true. But I now if, if you're selective, you can make it look good. Right. And so I think that's kind of the point where we've reached in the hobby. Well, it's like Jag. You know, you could take the ugliest carpet in the world, breed it to a Jag, go get Jags. Cool. Um, same thing with zebras and jungles. But it's taking it the extra step and finding some really good-looking Jags to breed some really good-looking base carpets is when you get, you know, a ton of really stellar-looking morph. Like, yep. it, it's taking it to another level. Was it Will Leary that was Reptilicus? Yes. And yeah, I, I, I blame I, him. It hurt my soul for like having to ask that question. No, no, it, just, <laughs> it, it pushes me more towards the I'm becoming the old guy in herpticulture, which <laughs> I partially love because I would love to yell at children. Like, I mean, just scream at you young herp kids. But I think I'm older than you. I'm yeah, 33. So, I'm 35. Yeah, all right. Well, good. Yeah, um, you're the young one here, Owen. Sweet. All right. Cool. <laughs> it's weird. We did this like the first season of NPR. They're like, why are you here, baby? I'm like, I'm hosting. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, I remember seeing, I think it was like 2005, my first year at Daytona, yep. he was there. Yep. And I blame him for making me always want a Jaguar. <laughs> because the stuff on his table, I was like, holy shit. But then like, I finally got one years later. I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. This looks nothing like that. I it's do you know how many people would brag that they got a a a, a male a, a a carp a jag from Benjamin, which was his white yeah that jag. white one the white and, one that's not white anymore right it was never white to begin with it was white when it was a baby if yeah. that we're not sure but it it, it turned yellow like it be he it, it turned into a jag it's it, it, a <laughs> jaguar like and everybody thought their jags were gonna stay white my dumbass did the same thing. But the thing is, is that Benjamin was bred to Madame Blueberry. So everybody's putting all this stock on the white Jaguar that they're overlooking where all the good genes turned out to be, which was the mother. And that's where we got all these really cool kick-ass color coming from the MBB line stuff. So it, it whatever. But yeah, that's how that all worked. That was all marketing and stuff. They, they took heavy pattern Jag, called them ornate Jaguars, and sold them for the same price as jags because it was a heavy pattern jag you slapped another name on it and people wanted to buy it more it oh, didn't yeah. freaking matter it's a damn jaguar i remember i remember his table in daytona in 05 thing and just looking at that going no one else has anything like that that's it's, amazing i i remember i bought my first jag from him was aurora i bought her when i was in college she was a 2005 and i spent all the money i had earned over the summer working on her I had to pick her up at the Philadelphia airport because the only ship Delta. Delta Dash, yeah. Oh, my God. She came in a box, and then you open up the box, and it was a styrofoam box inside with, like, a hole cut out for her deli cup to sit in perfectly. And mm -hmm. she was, like, she was a tiny little thing. And I'm like, well, I guess uh, that's what we're going to have to do. And I had to go down to my mom's place over the weekend and, like, raid the cupboards and cabinets so that I could eat for the rest of the week because it was – I had no money. But I had a Jag in a sweater box underneath my bed in college because what you do with a $2,000 animal, you stick it in a bin underneath your bed. Isn't that the funniest thing, I'm a, though? I'm a, <laughs> it was, 
I was one of those idiots, and I can. So make- was I. It's fine. <laughs> I know your mistakes. I made them. Well, I mean, it's still weird today to think that we still stick them in a tub because I mean, there's there's a tub back here that basically has six hundred dollars sitting in it. Yep. I'm like, if, if I were to take six hundred dollars and just put it in that tub, I'd go, "What the fuck are you doing?" But I put six hundred dollars in that tub, and it just sits there all day long doing nothing. I raised my rough scale pythons in five quarts when they were babies. <laughs> And I'm like, hello, like, you know, little tiny thing. And, uh, yeah, like, it's whatever, man. So going back in the time machine, I think in 2005, something funny that did come up. So I was listening to Riley on his non, uh, non-vlog vlog. His non-vlog vlog, the first one he did. He, well, I don't he, know what he, why does he do that. <laughs> I don't know. I love that kid, but would you just... Riley, please tell us. Why do you do that? Get it, dude. Just come clean. It's a very safe place here. We all support you in your blog, blog, blog. Just just vlog your heart out. It's fine. Say it's a vlog, and let's all move on with our lives. So in it, he talked about going to Australia, and he mentioned Rob Stone, who I've always heard for years on y'all's podcast. Yes. And then, I I don't think y'all ever mentioned Rob Stone's company, because I never connected the dots but then he mentioned you just aren't listening apparently because he mentioned high (laughs) well he says he goes high plains hurts and so i'm sitting there going why do i why do i know that name i'm like i feel like i bought something from high plains herps but i don't know what it was so i went back and found my old email and i logged into it and i searched high plains herps and sure enough in 2005 Mm. i found emails back and forth with rob stone about a pair of adult boas that i bought off of him they were the first yeah. thing I ever ordered offline. Uh, and I ended up messaging Rob and telling him all this. Like, I know this means nothing to you, but I just had to, had to no, message you. He loves that kind of shit. I was like, in a small world. Yeah. And I listened to you over and over on their podcast and never connected the dots. But the funniest part was they shipped, one, they shipped UPS, which yep. you can't do today. Do uh, they, they came in two pretty decent sized boxes that were taped together as one box. Oh my God. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> And then they were labeled live frogs on the outside. Yep, because people didn't like snakes. Yep. And that was the first thing I ever ordered off on. And those two went into my giant wooden, I built the giant wooden cages for those two. Um, but I just like, this is a, a really weird small world because it really I didn't is. realize it. it. It really is when you think about that kind of stuff is that like Eric and I lived blocks from each other our entire lives and didn't meet until we decided to do a podcast. It's like, really? Like, you know, what the hell were you doing? Like, we probably passed each other at Hamburg all the goddamn time. So. And especially weird because you're both buying the same snakes. I mean, you're both. It's, um, not, like, it's I, not like you were a red tail guy and he was a python. No, no, no. Like, like, the month before I met him, he bought all of the animals that I wanted from Will Bird. Like, when I say all, he bought all of them. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, I hate this guy. Whoever this asshole is, like, I'm going to kill him. Like, oh, yeah, there was that whole thing. But, um. It, it, it's it's just weird that kind of stuff where you find the 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 tiny connections and you find where you've known these people or and I mean I went to an agricultural school in Pennsylvania and you know there was always people always went up to Hamburg and bought like baby alligators and stuff like that and you find out people you know now in herpetoculture went to the same school I did or you know uh, would, would would see my table at Hamburg and come talk to me and now they listen to me on the podcast. There was some guy I went to college with who used to come help me feed my baby carpet pythons when they were teeny tiny in my dorm room. 
And he's like, dude, I listen to you every week. I'm like, that's weird, right? That's weird, right? Because we're <laughs> like, we know each other outside, and now you're listening to me. Like, you know, yeah, there's one of um, this one guy I knew in college. He was reading ball pythons when I was first getting started in carpets. And he seemed like a guy who had way more knowledge than I did at the time. And I met him at a, a Maryland show a couple weeks ago. And he's like, dude, I listened to your podcast and all this stuff like that. I'm like, it's weird because like you were, yes. I was looking up to you at one point of like, oh yeah, teach me your knowledge of your snake. I guess we'll call that a snake. It's like, yeah, but um, it's, it was just weird. So it's cool when you think about that stuff. And I mean, he said, you said he did a ton of ball python stuff in college, but he's like, dude, I've been listening to you and I've been like getting into viper boas and kukri snakes and weird off the cuff thing because I just want to get into that weird stuff. I'm like, yeah, because it's cool to yeah. get past the breeding for genes and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As as the three of us sit here breeding things for genes. It's fun to breed. I have feet <laughs> snakes that I'm trying to breed and I want them to look natural. I, I mean, put, no, beak snakes. Beak, like stuff oh, that Howard has, yeah. yeah. I want those, but I They're really them. great, but Howard and I... I don't know what we're doing wrong. <laughs> we cannot get eggs from them. So Howard's Howard. I mean, like you know, he's yeah. But I mean, I think he could still breed things. He can still do that. <laughs> but it's um, I, those are really cool animals. And it's, it's, that's just one of those things where if I had a ton of space and unlimited money, I'd be like, yeah, beak snakes, cool. Like I, I do not have that goddamn space right now. I know my I, thought right now is like, okay, I need to get more of them because maybe that's my issue, and I, you know. Maybe they have two males or something, and I don't realize it. And I'm like, but wait, space, how is yeah. that going to work? <laughs> it's like I'm sitting here, and I was talking with Nipper today, and he says that they're closing down certain things in Tanzania and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I was thinking about getting some more uh, Madagascar hogs. Because right now I have 1.1 of the giants, the speckles, and the blondes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need more. I need like 2.2 of each. Because if somebody doesn't work out, I want to have another male to be like, get in there. Yep. Like you know, it, I, I'm spoiled with carpet pythons. If one carpet isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing, tag out, get another one in there. If I if I want to, um, all the other species, it's like I only got one boy. If he didn't want to breed this year, I'm not making eggs. And I actually had a lot of the beak snakes come through my collection, but because yeah. they're wild caught, you know, I've had parasites. Um, one yeah. had an enlarged heart. One had a skin infection that its first shed, yeah. like all of its skin came off. It was absolutely it's disgusting. Not supposed to happen, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> so you know, like it, it, things happen when you're you're working with. Imports, and see, that's so. that's the kind of stuff that's kept me from because I love how viper boas look. I've always loved yeah. them. I had one that was definitely an import, um, and it died on me, but. I don't have the, I guess, the patience to put into getting getting rid of parasites and figuring out the perfect situation and figuring. That, I like the fact that my sambo is I can throw in a tub and and they're gonna breed, mm. or my my red tails I can throw them in a cage and they're gonna be fine. Like I, I'm spoiled by the simplicity of things that we've kept for so many generations in captivity. It's basically domesticated at this point now. Yeah, basically, yeah. Because yeah. well, people will be like, "How do you breed sambos? Uh I put them together. <laughs> it's, I, I don't. That's it. I put I put them together, and then they breed. I don't do it. They do it. Yeah. And I'm done. I Dude, my I, my beak snakes had tongue worms. Have you ever looked up what tongue worms? Oh my god, worm. that's horrible. Yeah. I humans mammals are intermediate hosts for these things. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> when my vet t- did the like gave me the results, he's like, 
you you need to come here now. We need to, to we need to talk about this now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Never had a like you need to get here immediately. Oh god. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Oh, Look at pictures. Like this would those are one of those things where I'd be like, well, this has been fun as I knock <laughs> the gas can and throw the match in. Like it's yeah. no, uh. Uh-uh. And he was like, we could do ivermectin, but most of the time that doesn't work, and they'll die inside the animal. Or we could try to scope them and pull them out. I'm like, I'll, I'll just try my best. I don't know. Yeah, so. It was fun. Yeah. Fun times. I want to, like, get one of those tongue scrapers right now. Just like, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's all yeah, go. Yeah, they're gross looking. We'll come back. But um, it, the the thing is that you, people don't understand. It's like, this is what you have to do if you're going to establish a species that is not set in captivity yet. Yes. You have to. You have to get a ton of them. You have to quarantine them away from other animals. You have to yeah. go through these kind of things where you have tons of them. I mean, uh, Eugene Bissett told us he's killed more green tree pythons than he's ever produced because yep. that just, is just how you have to do it. You're going to have these tragic parts, and people forget that because, mm-hmm. I mean, at one point, ball pythons were hard to breed. You know, it yep. it took figuring it out and then massive amounts of generations of captivity breeding to get there. And you know, other animals will get there. It's just it, you need to be able to establish. It's like I need to stop talking about white lips so much because I can't find a goddamn white lip to save my life because everybody else keeps buying them right now. I'm like, no, you don't know what you're doing. Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they're not cool. My, my roommate told me today. She was like, yeah, I was looking online and I saw these pythons. I think they're called white lip pythons. And I was like, <laughs> don't. We're not doing that. No, 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 no. But, but they're shiny. They're shiny in the <laughs> sun. They're really pretty. I'm like, yes, they're yeah, beautiful, the but we're not doing that. Iconic. Like, you know, it, you yeah. if I got white lips, Owen would be like, the hell did you just do? <laughs> I'll just send you my address. When you're tired of them, just mail them to me, okay? Right, yeah. I know they're coming. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I, I don't realize how long I've been in the hobby until I really think about it, because I got my first snake in 2003, mm-hmm. which I'm still, I'm still at that age where, like, I think the 90s were, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> and then I realized they weren't. Uh, and so yeah. I think, man, I haven't been that long. But then I think about people that have gotten to the hobby in just in the last five, six, seven years, and they don't realize that retics used to be fucking horrible. They still are. But, like, not. But <laughs> you, Yours you, are. You, you, go are you, you go on YouTube and little kids are holding them, or they don't realize oh, yeah. that ball pythons used to not eat. Yeah, true. Or that, uh, what is it, Burmese pythons used to not be just complete dead, like, pool noodles. Like, yeah. I. Albino berms are just so inbred and stupid. They're, they're so derpy looking. They just lay there. The and it's like, oh, yeah. It's broken. But it, it, people come into the hobby and they, they know it from the point they come in and right. on. Right. And they don't realize everything that happened before. And like you were saying, it takes someone willing to basically have stuff die yeah. to try and get something started. And I know that I'm not that person. As much as I would right. love to be like, I can be that person. I'm not. So I'm like, all right, Viper Boas in 10 years. I'll get them in 10 years once we've done else, it. When somebody else figures it out, I'll jump in later. It's fine. It's, I think the, the, the one thing I found hilarious is when um, people get to those species that they don't realize are like basically out of the wild or vicious as hell. <clears throat> my favorite yeah. is when a leopard gecko goes like psychotic on something or, and they're like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, they're horrible little creatures. <laughs> like, they're horrible little <laughs> bastards. Like, they're mean as shit to each other. Yes. Yes, they are. It's like that. What's well, folks that see tokes online, like someone's holding a toke in a video and it looks great. And I'm like, you don't want that. Don't, don't, don't do that. It's like, it's, it's like people seem to kind of have a disconnect 
if it's an animal that is like a bearded dragon or this anything that it can't possibly do anything i've had numerous people that have tanks set up with two leopard geckos or two bearded dragons and they come in and one's injured the other it's like yes you put in a male in with another male in with a female they that's do not that. gonna work that that's gonna be bad like that's but people don't realize that or i think um uh, a friend of mine was into leopard geckos, and they brought in an Afghani leopard gecko, a different kind of line or subspecies or whatever. And it was the first time I'd seen a leopard gecko that looked like a leopard, like it had spots. Weird, right? When was the last time that happened? I literally was having a conversation with Sorrel, and this was a while ago, but I'm like, what do normal, like, in the wild ones even look like? But yeah, it's it's weird, because but these things were evil evil like horrible like screaming like did you know leopard gecko scream no no but i, oh, I can it is so. it is a high-pitched like you, you reach in there <laughs> and it's like arm, like and i'm like dear god like that we, we have in we have oh we've bred these things so much so that that the animals in herpetoculture in the united states you, you kind of got to think of it as that it's not like the animal in the wild it is a completely different thing. Unless you pick that thing up from Indonesia and brought it over, it, it is a complete different disconnect. It is a cousin to that. It's not it. Well, think about, okay, so I agree. We get so disconnected with what they are like in the wild. Think about the last time you actually saw, at a show, yep. a normal ball python. Uh, Recently, because, Did, yep. yep. I don't because see them. They, they, the, the, uh, uh, I live where Outback Reptiles does a lot of these shows. Um, and Outback is one of the importers that does the, yeah. brings in the normal female ball pythons. And I mean, let me say it, it's definitely toned down a little bit. It used to be when I was going there in college that there would be a line of people looking and they would literally go bag to bag to bag looking for the dinker or the one ball python with a white scale. Or, or the mark goes this way instead oh of that God. way. Like I did, like it, what the hell, dude? But also they would have the, um, they would weigh the bags and they would write on it female and then the gram weight and you weren't allowed to open it. You just had to buy the bag. Yep, I and remember that. Hamburg's weird, dude. Like if you ever come up to I, Hamburg. I want to go to Hamburg just once and see the freak show that is Hamburg. I have seen, the things I've seen in Hamburg is a black mamba in a sweater box. Uh, <laughs> yep. Like it was uh, duct tape was keeping us all alive. Um, uh, somebody selling Nile crocodile to a fourteen year old. Oh my um, god! A venomoid king cobra, uh, loose, not in a bag, just being. I heard about that. Remember that? <sighs> um, I've seen uh the I've seen tortoises straight out of the box, like they just crack open the crate and you can grab the tortoises and buy them. I've seen the tortoises sold by the pound in a pillowcase. <laughs> Like it's, like it's moving. <laughs> it's like, like, it's like, it's like oh buying lobster. God. Just get it by the pound. I'm like, oh my god. Um, and uh, you know the 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 same thing with the ball python thing. Uh, it, 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 it it's it's I've seen baby berms in like one of those acrylic three tiered um thing, a clutch of berms hatching. And I remember that at Daytona, people used to bring clutches eggs. of eggs and you'd watch you, them hatch. No, 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 no. You pointed, the dude pulled it out of the egg, put it in a deli cup, and sold it to you. And it's like... <laughs> this goes back to our last podcast. Don't finger fuck your eggs, folks. Leave it in there. It's just like, you've got... Uh, listen, I know we're all excited when eggs hatch. It is my favorite time. 
of the year. Like I, I can't. I don't care what's coming out of those eggs. They're babies. Like I love that. I'm not gonna rip them out of the egg. Like just give them time. They're coming out. It's yeah. a few more days. You'll be fine. Days. It'll be okay. It's like how people like it's day sixty. I'm gonna start cutting. Maybe wait a day or two. Like you don't yes. have to do this. I mean, when I was first starting to breed, it was day. 55 people are like i'm nervous i'm slitting eggs it's like stop just you know and here's the thing man if if they're not meant to come out i don't want to deal with a baby that should have yes. never come out of the egg. Just, <laughs> just if just just die in the egg so that i don't have to spend two years force feeding you just to we have talked, you die then we talked about that last week we were, we're all in agreement. yeah so whatever the fittest. i don't want and also want i don't want you to live and then pass on your crappy jeans. Just, yeah, just go. You know, whatever. I, uh, yeah, I, I want to go to, I want to go there just once to see. You know, hear y'all talk about. It. I've heard Joe talk about. It. I, I just, I want to see it. Um, <laughs> and, and it's weird to me, y'all show because y'all have like one day shows up there. Yes. Whereas all of our shows down here are two day shows. I wish they were two day shows. Well, not really, because I don't like vending anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I become, enjoy vending. Vending's fun I've, for me. I've become I've become a curmudgeon and like yell at people. So uh, it's uh, well. I, Joe was Joe was at our last show that we did in New Orleans, and yeah. he said that the atmosphere at that at our shows here, and he lived in in Texas, so he's been some shows down here. It's so much different than up there. Up there, y'all's there's way more business like people are there, but here it's it's way more. Let's hang out. It's family like. Let's talk. And we'll sell I, stuff along the way. I did enjoy places like I did Tinley Park. I did enjoy that one more than like uh, some of the shows up here. Um, where you're right, it is it is trying to get the best animal for the lowest price a lot of the times, and not really hanging out and talking. And also, there's not a lot of room to hang out and talk. It's you're all crammed in on yourselves, and if you have a friend standing in front of your table talking your ear off, now people can't see your stuff and just walk right by. So. No. It is what it is. Um, I do miss setting up and bothering Jason and Eric Kohler and all those other guys a bunch. So, uh, but yeah, I, maybe I'll get back into it. Maybe I won't. I don't even have that much, but I might screw myself and get a ton of carpets and be like, crap, now I got to do shows again. So, so April, yeah. the Herb show that you did last week was, was the first show you've ever vended. Yes. But just oh. as, a sh as a show, how did you feel about that show? Um, other than the fact that you made you made way more money than I expected you to make on the first day. <laughs> yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah, so I do feel like it was much more of a community um, type of atmosphere. Like before the doors opened, you know, all the different vendors were coming together just to say like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, and not anything. You know, I wasn't looking at your animals to see what you were pricing them at so I can price them lower. You know, it wasn't yeah. like anything like that. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So, um, and that was enjoyable. And even um, going out, you know, during the weekend, even though I was a party pooper and super tired, but <laughs> just going out with everyone else. Um, it, it was different even than Tinley because Tinley is more like uh, all your friends that you're hanging out with. And then where this Herp show is all the different vendors that you're hanging out with. It's not just the people that you talk to all the time. Yeah. That's what yeah. I love about it. So that's what's, I feel like I wouldn't like the ones up there. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I want to go to them, but I don't, I don't like the idea of it just being a, 
I show up, sell my steaks, and go home. Like that's that's not fun. Yeah, to me. It, it 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 it's a long day. I mean, especially if it's a long day where you don't sell anything. Um, and also it's a long day if you don't sell anything and you're set up next to a guy where you're like, please don't breathe on my snakes. Like, oh I don't... yeah! Wow. Like well, that was that was one thing, and and you since you were there, April, you can kind of talk about it. But the herb shows are there's no one at a herb show really. I'm like, ooh, don't go near their table. It's 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 horrible. Yeah, I didn't notice anyone like that either. Uh, you know, the problem is you see a couple bad eggs and stuff like that, you know. And, and over the years, you do tend to hear some things or even see some things. Where you're like that that that. That albino ball python, yeah, it, it's dead on your table. You know, you know that, right? Oh man, fine. Or, no, 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 no. he's your not ball python, okay. Your albino ball python looks like a banana ball python, it, but the spots are moving. Yeah, it's not okay. Like, it, there's that too, where it's like, you know, um, it, it's it, people tend to not think about that stuff. It's like, don't go. I've had people come and check out all my snakes, check out all my carpets, talk my ear off for 20 minutes, and then go to a dealer's table and pick up a coastal for like Ugh. 20 bucks cheaper and then bring it back and put it down on my table to talk but, to me about it. I'm like, pick that thing up. Get it off my table. Get yeah. off my table. They're like, yeah. well, I want to see how we compare with that. Do not touch my things with – no. So there's that kind of stuff. It's And that's something that people need to be aware of. And, you know, like if I'm if I'm going to go to Eric's house – uh, on like a Saturday, I don't go and touch my snakes. I don't. I don't go okay. clean my snakes. That's a common courtesy, in my opinion. Yep. We're all reptile people, and you know, I may not intentionally know that I have something and bring it to his collection, and that's yeah. not cool. So, you know, that's why it's like we had to shut down animals at Carpet Fest because people were just bringing shit all over the place. It's like, stop it! Where'd you get that? I bought it today. Get the hell out of here! Like, well, it's... I always aim at, like, top people who come to shows, we want to bring their animals. I'm always like, I'm telling you right now, don't bring your animals. Two reasons. One, we don't want to catch anything, or you don't want to catch anything. And two, you're not going to overly impress anybody vending at the show when you brought something that looks just like the stuff I'm selling on my table yeah, at the I show. I have millions of them would you like one more i don't please <laughs> unless like why are you bringing i've already got eight of them take one yeah. of these home well it, it's even funnier when it's like what april was talking about of bringing the adults to the show like i i was at a show once and somebody's walking around with like a two-foot treadlock and i brought my like eight-foot female and i'm like <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> he's like people like it's so big i'm like whatever oh, like yeah. I, yeah. I've got you beat at the Herp show this past weekend. They got stopped at the front door, mm. but they had a backpack with a clear little bubble on the back of it with a chicken in it. They wanted to bring their pet chicken in a backpack into the show. You do not have me beat. I will do you one better. Oh, shit. Oh, man. <sighs> um, it was the Redding Reptile, Redding Reptile and Pet Expo. And uh, I was sitting there, and these people were checking out a Papuan, a Papuan Python. Yeah. Big adult. And these people were walking around, and they had come from the rodent section of the uh, fair, and they had a rat on one shoulder that was dressed as a groom, <laughs> and a rat on another shoulder dressed as a bride. And I'm trying to sell a snake, and I see what's happening, and I immediately, like, the guy's like, why am I gay? Shut up. Like, I'm watching, because I'm about to see a very well-dressed rat die. <laughs> I'm like, come on, baby. Like, this is going to be really weird. Like, and like they're like coming over and they're talking and this top one python keeps trying to get over to where they are like it is 
it is uh, people are holding it. It is actively attempting to get over there. I love how you never once said, "Hey guys, you may nope, want to watch nope, out." Fuck, <laughs> let it roll, baby. Like I don't. You're dumb enough to bring a prey species. Does well, anybody have a camera? Someone like, film this again. If you're dumb enough to bring a prey species, a well dressed prey species that <laughs> well dressed to a place with loose predators, what happens is that's all on you, man. Like I don't oh, listen. I don't take my pet deer for a walk through wolf country. Like it's <laughs> duh. Here I am. Oh. You have a pet deer. I, <laughs> Give me some time. Give me some land. I'll get it. But, you gotta um, raise food for those retics. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. But it, unfortunately, the rats lived and nothing died. But I was like, oh, man. Because <laughs> it, it was one of those dead shows. I'm like, that would have made my freaking day. Like, it would have been like, cool, pack it up. We don't got to do anymore. <laughs> like, that's oh, it. my gosh. But, well, my wife was working outside. She was working one of the gates outside. And she sent me that picture inside. And I had just seen somebody walking around with, like, a retic around, like, an adult retic. I'm yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, bring that in here with the adult retics and smell that chicken. That's going to go well. It's it's something you got to worry about. I mean, like, I brought, I used to bring one of my carpet pythons to the show just to draw attention. And I let a friend of mine hold him, and then they ran off with him. And I didn't see him for, like, three hours. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, where's Pyro? Like, this is bad, right? Like, I can't find him, and he's somewhere. She was apparently took him over to some part of the show and was charging like a buck for people to take a picture with him. And I'm like, oh, well, give me that because that's my animal and you owe me money now. But it's, but that's something like, you know, he, I, I've known shows that uh, somebody gets bit and the next show at that venue, they won't allow you to touch the reptiles, which yeah. try to buy an animal when you can't touch it. Like, it's hard. So, and that's the thing where, like, it is a liability thing. It's a lot of things that people don't think about. Like, people are having anacondas swim in the pool with a kid. Like, a full-grown, like, adult one. It's like, that's dumb. You're dumb. Um, I don't care what you say. I don't care if you're like, he's adorable and he loves me. You're letting him, letting the retic cruise on the ground with your chihuahuas. Like, you do know that this is bad, right? Like, it, people don't think about it. It's not. It's not an animal. Well, they yeah, they, they put those human emotions on it, and they assumed that the animal they love would never hurt anything because it knows better. It's bullshit. Golden retrievers have bit their owners just because <laughs> you step on the tail. Like it's, and this is a, this is a predatory animal. It's a snake. It's a reptile. Like, you know, I, how many times have you guys reached into a cage and grabbed an animal and then found out that it was sleeping and then it oh. react bite? Just it has happened. Yeah, it's all right. But now imagine if you're like a three year old. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. That's why, like, I won't let kids hold snakes at shows, and I, I know I'm like an asshole for it, but no, like these aren't these aren't like corn snakes or something like that. These are, you know, juvenile pythons. They can be dicks. Like, you yeah, know. yep. Sorry. So, so, all right, we're getting close to two hours. So I want to one other thing I want to bring up: time limits on this shit. Well, I definitely want to keep. <laughs> roughly around two hours. I mean, I don't want to be a five-hour podcast, so roughly like, around two hours. Like some, where, you know, <laughs> we'll go long into the night. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I did want to bring up the other podcast, because you were here, yeah. uh, was the From the Ground Up podcast this past week had Casey Cannon on, mm-hmm. talking about Brettles Pythons. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fitting, because this was the week where I also got my very first Brettles Python. <laughs> so, I wanted to bring it up. And yes, I did not get it from you. I know I talked I to you before, Master. but 
But Jake would. You asshole, God. God. Tease me. Yeah. All I wanted was just a normal bread. Normal bread and life, and I had none. And, and you didn't have any. <laughs> Not a single goddamn one. Hey, at and, least you didn't go to you and you had it, and then he went to someone else. Oh yeah, that, yeah. No, that, 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 was <laughs> that was my original plan was to get it from you, yeah. and all you had were like headstone washes all. So. My plan this year was to have two clutches of bread life, a headstone wash clutch and a normal clutch just to sell as pets. One slugged out, and I'm like. Good, I got the headstone watch. They have been the hardest goddamn things to move. And everybody's calling me going, Do you have any normals? I'm like, shit. The wrong <laughs> made it. Like, yeah, whatever. So. I uh and I had been thinking about getting one for a while. But yeah. um I I don't know what happened. For some reason someone had said, said something about Nick Mutton and I went to his website for I don't know what reason. And I was just looking through crap and I got down to the brettles and then I saw one, I was like, I want that. Yep. And, and then I made a joke to my wife. I was like, hey, do you have an extra 300 bucks? She goes, what's it for? I said, a snake. And I was laughing. She goes, oh, no, I put money aside for you for a snake. I was like, well, okay, then I'm getting it. And so I got I got my first brettles. And uh, I look forward to having a big red snake that is super calm. Yeah. I mean, and yours it, will be the one that isn't. Be the one that's, so, far <laughs> she's been, so far, she's been good. Uh, but... Like that, I I wanted I needed a steak for I do a lot of like outreach stuff and events and I wanted something I could use that wasn't I didn't want a Burmese because it was just too big I didn't want a retic too big yeah. I've had big boas but everybody has boas I wanted something different that also got that size and the brettles fit that that bill perfectly you know seven eight foot maybe yeah and and, and something else you think about is that brettles will take traveling and yeah. vent and messed up temperatures and auditorium air conditioning. Way better than everything else. Like, way better. Like, it will, does not care. Well, that's what, um, so Jake and Justin were doing their one-on-one podcast this past week, and they always live stream it on Instagram, so I was watching, and I finally helped them settle the Superior Morelia question. We fixed that on the Christmas episode. It's most definitely, it's most definitely the pedals. It was a lot of yelling. Yeah, I was. listened to part of that Christmas episode because I remember this part, but I don't remember yeah. like the shit show at the end or whatever. Oh uh, well, I was. I'm very good at the mute button. Like, <laughs> okay. very, very I, am, I, I have years of honing my mute button skills, <laughs> where none of you ever find out what really happens when I'm in total distress and dying on the other end of the podcast. Oh my god! And Eric will just keep rolling over my dead body. The show must <laughs> go on. So yeah, but I, I have to agree. What I really think about that. Brettles meet the criteria to be the superior Morelia to everything because size is yep. awesome. Yep. Color is awesome. Yep. Temperament's awesome. Yep. And you can't kill them. From what everyone says, you can't kill the damn things. They don't get too cold. They live in a place where it's insanely hot. So, I mean. you. I mean, you could drop a rock on it and kill it. But, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's you're, Keeper you're, air is not yeah, going to kill they're, it. They're <laughs> extremely forgiving. And once you get them rolling, they will eat anything, anything yeah. and everything. And I've I've taken my I've taken my guys down to fifty degrees this year for cool down. That's scary as hell. It is yeah, terrifying. Scare you? <laughs> uh, it, it, it really used to, and now I'm just like, bye. Like you know, enjoy your cold, you jerks. Like well, the lower the food bill for a couple months. Exactly. But then the other thing is that like you pick them up and they're cold to the touch. But then they're like food, like you know, I'm like no. <laughs> I thawed those hoppers for the babies, and they're like, "I'll, you know, give that. I'll eat it." And they're like, "No, there's no turning them off." And they're a really cool animal, and 
you know that like I will bring my female raven to like I'll usually bring her to sell the babies because she just she just sits in a big coil and just wants to just not do anything else, just sit. And she's been fantastic at those kind of shows. And people I've sold more that just want to be pets, like normal males. That's all they ever. Nobody wants to breed them. They just want to buy them for pets, and it works out. Um, they're a really good Morelia, and I and I'm glad because I, I was on the fence because I got my original pair from Mike Curtin after he had had them for a, a year or two and couldn't get them to breed, and I'm like, sure, I'll take a shot at it, and I'm really glad I did. So they're really cool because they're right up there with Coastals in my opinion. I uh, I look forward to it. Like I said, I got this one from Nick, and I've got to apologize to Nick for annoying him over and over again with like, hey, this question and this question, Jeez. but uh. The one thing is his uh, record keeping for snakes is insane. Like, I don't have the patience, but he's got that whole little, he'll show you who the parents were, who the grandparents were, where this was from. Uh, that's amazing because I honestly don't have the patience to keep up with the the pedigree for my animals. I'm just like, yeah, I, I bred two snakes. They, they, they were this. I don't have pictures. I can't. <laughs> but he's, That's his, on, like, my things to do list. Like, okay, I need to put that together. I need to put that together. Get it on the website, but I, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I, I, I tried several times. I quit. If you want to, Lenny, go to Eric. <laughs> if you want that snake that happens to be on my website, cool, call me. Bye. Like, that's it, you know. I uh, I did. So, kind of tying to that, I normally try to give a keeper tip every week, and this keeper tip kind of relates to what I did this week with the snake. I built a uh, perch for it. I got the snake. I put it in the quarantine cage. The quarantine cage I actually have is, a, I think it's a bars cage, but it's a black one that I got back in like 07 or 08. Uh, but it's my quarantine cage. It stays in my bedroom. And she's just like sitting there. She's moving around. She won't stop moving. She keeps pushing up, going up. She never once like went to go hide underneath the paper towel, which is like every time I've quarantined a Samboa, they're gone. Um, so it's like, oh, shit, she needs something to climb. So my keeper tip is, if you want to make something for your snake to climb, visit the plumbing section of Lowe's or Home Depot and just become fascinated with like all the shapes you can make from PVC. Because that's what I did. I went, I stared at it. I was like, I need to make something. And I posted a picture over on our Facebook group. Uh, but between some PVC, some hot glue, and some natural fiber rope, I made a perch for her. And she hasn't come off of it since. I, she even, like, to get close to the heat, because it's belly heated in that little cage, she went and she laid on the lowest level of the pipe, yep. but she won't come off of it. I had a female coastal that had, uh, I, she was in a, one of those melamine boa master cages, and I had, uh, uh, the zoo I worked for, we, they had these macaws, and one would just chew through the end of a perch just enough so that the perch would, like, fall down. And yeah. Like, so like, like, they're useless, it doesn't fit in the cage, so I would just take it, cut the edge off, and I'd have a really cool perch for my snakes. And she would never leave that perch. She would just sit on that tree limb. She bred on that tree limb. She ate on that tree limb. She'd hang down, drink water. Uh, she'd like poop on, like just hang down her tail. And then I'm like, she's going to lay eggs. Like, and she would stay up there. And then I knew she was going to lay the eggs because she couldn't balance herself on the tree limb anymore. And she was finally down on the ground. I'm like, tonight, tonight, because she finally is on the tree limb. <laughs> so like, it's some of them love it. I, other carpets in that same kind of thing were just like, what the hell is that thing up there? Like, some do it, some don't. Well, so that's what I noticed when when she couldn't stop moving. I was like, she she's looking for something to get yep. on. And uh, 
I just got her this week. I was, like, was going to give her a full week to settle in. But twice now, I've looked in there, and she's been in that, like, S'd up, looking down, wanting food. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I need to get her some food. Yep. Um, it, uh, it's one of those weird things where it's like, I'm going to let you settle. And then, like, two hours later, they're, like, set up, and you're like, or, here you go. And, like, get her. <laughs> or. <laughs> whatever, close it. Like, so funny. Some, sometimes it works. So, and, like, it's whatever. You know, <laughs> that's really amusing to me. Yeah, I, I don't know what they want. They tell me. So yeah, it uh, it was funny. I went to go. So I went to go buy PVC with an idea in mind, and then uh, so I just started looking, and I'm trying to figure out what can I put together, and then I start to see some of the PVC, and it's like there's some weird. If, you, if anybody goes look at the picture on our Facebook page, there's some weird shaped PVC that I found. That I think April asked me, what's that shape PVC for? I was like, I have no clue, but it looked like it would be fun to build a perch out of. Yeah, I was like, what the heck kind of piping can you do with yeah. that? Like, I don't so, even understand. Don't worry like, about PVC, it. PVC <laughs> has like, it has like little horns on the back and like a smile on the front. It's weird, but it looks fun. And then I'm just I not going to ask questions. So. Yeah, don't, oh, don't ask questions. Like, give me, how many times you wander through Lowe's and I'm like, no idea what this is for, but I know what I'm going to use it for. Like, it's. The things oh, that yeah. the locks on my cages, I found out, are technically for securing the screen on windows and doors. That's what I use back here on my racks. I on did all... not know that. <laughs> See, Chris the Sea Serpents told me that. He's yeah. got a customer told him about that. Every every single one of them has one, and it just swoops down, and it yep. keeps you from leaving a tub open or letting yep. something slide a tub open. It's just it's for closing screens on, like, RVs and stuff like that. And if you just great. If you go online and you order them in a bag, you can get, like, uh, uh, like ten bucks gets you a thousand of them or something oh, yeah. like that. But if the second there's a reptile on the bag, it's now forty five dollars. So <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that's how it works. All my ceramic bowls downstairs are miniature souffle dishes. I didn't go to PetSmart and buy the same damn thing. No, yes, like that's my bowls are uh, like PVC ends. Like there's a yeah, flat yeah, end caps. I have yeah. those, or I have like Dollar Tree little dishes. And... Yeah, it's. There's, there's. I use uh, horse feed dishes. So, <laughs> yeah, on horse.com, you can get them super, super cheap, and they're hard plastic. Uh, they're really great. I love them, and they hold a gallon of water. So my Holy big snakes, I'm a yeah, gallon, a <laughs> shit ton of water. Yeah, yeah. My, my big bowls are those like uh like square but angled dog uh, food water bowls you get like Walmart because my snakes can't tip them. So yeah, that's another thing with the horse ones is Dude, they're really I, tall, so you can't tip them. I literally just go to the dollar store and buy the plastic dog bowls and just like, here you go. Like, that's what it... Yeah. Stop stop shopping at PetSmart and Petco for your pet <laughs> stuff. Don't go there. If you have to go to PetSmart and Petco, you're going to pay what I call the you need it now fee. Because you didn't go yeah. with Chewy and didn't yeah. get it for like 50 bucks less because you needed it right now and you will pay out the nose. I- I'm about to go buy fuzzies from PetSmart and Petco. Well, here, let's I'm do sorry this. For you. This is a secret, too, and I'm going to let you guys in on it. Um... The Halloween store, the day after Halloween, they sell plastic, like, plants and, like, leaf things. A lot of them are pot leaves, but I don't give a damn. <laughs> you have really groovy oh, snakes, funny. man. It might Look at my rough scale cage next time I post a picture. The oh bodies that are in there because I don't care. They were a dollar. And if you don't want that, Dollar Tree $6. also does it. Exactly. Who cares? <laughs> The animal doesn't. Yeah. yeah, I had someone actually, um, I forgot which animal of mine they were asking about, 
or possibly just asking about caging in general. But they were very concerned about the fake plants at like Michael's or Dollar Tree or something that if they weren't treated correctly and that they would have to go to Petco or PetSmart instead. And I'm like, I'm I'm not going to tell you with 100% certainty, but I can tell you that I've used the ones at Michael's or Joann's or wherever it was, like, and had no ill effects. I'm pretty I mean, sure there's no problems. They here. all came out of a factory in China that makes plastic plants. It's right, not, yeah. They were just shoved into different bags. And- exactly. Like, Pretty right. sure there's no difference. It's it's just like how um let's put it this way uh, a ceramic I've uh, in my Kribo and Blue Beauty cages I have the ceramic um socket bolts mm-hmm. with the uh, cages on top. Yep, I have those too. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> the same ceramic online uh is like four dollars, but it will take a month and a half to get to you. Um, <laughs> it at the show is twelve dollars. Mm-hmm. Petco is forty five. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. If if you people need to shop on Amazon too. Like I hate I hate taking away like because people people work at the PetSmart and they need to make money so those people have a job and I get that but I can order like filters from a fish tank or bulbs for my lizards so much cheaper on Amazon and unfortunately that that's the beast we live in it's 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 cheaper go look on Amazon. My friend actually has a giant, he has um, two slider turtles, and he is, like, anal about their water quality and, like, cleanliness, and he has a standing order to get the filter pads and parts and things like that, and he's constantly doing water changes and changes. If he didn't do it the way he does it through, like, Amazon and stuff like that, he would be able to keep the animal. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of time to keep their water quality to the point where it should be ridiculous. So that or live in Florida and keep them outside. But <laughs> yeah, it's just don't buy. Like I said, don't buy anything with a snake on it. You'll say, like I said, we've talked about before with Aspen. Don't ever buy snake Aspen ever. Go to the hamster aisle. <laughs> buy hamster Aspen. It's the same tree. I promise. What is it? The the bags of cypress mulch at Petco that like have little T Rex cut out of it oh, or something? Little bags, little bags of cypress little mulch. Bag, little bag. It's like forty five, sixty bucks. A full bag of cypress mulch at the show, fifteen dollars. Yeah, I got a lot of cages that need mulch, guy. Like, I mean, like, I can't <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a lot of. Like I said, unfortunately, if it says reptile on it, it it's going to cost four or five times the price you would pay online for non-reptile versions. Is it the the repti bark, the little tiny pieces of like? Oh pine yeah, bark. yeah. A, a full size bag of pine bark at Lowe's is literally like two dollars because. Nobody likes it because it's not colorful and it doesn't have the chemicals in it, and it's pine bark. So it's like uh, literally like four dollars, and I'm like, shit, I'll take three. Like, give me. <laughs> so it's whatever. Well, man. That's why I tell folks also if you go to shows to buy dry goods, I, I buy uh, the bags of Repti Chip at shows because I can get it for a pretty good price. Yeah. So I mean, go go to sh- go to shows. Even if you're not gonna buy an animal, go there and buy stuff for your collection because you can get it so much cheaper from vendors at a show. Yeah, just plan it out. I mean, like you just got to set it up. It's like how I, I plan out my rodent bills, my rodent orders. I my guy who breeds rodents is actually nearby, but I plan it out so that I can just meet him at shows. So if an emergency happens, like what's coming up with all the shows being canceled, I can just go to his farm and pick up rodents. So, so are you, know. you picking up frozen or are you picking up live and then freezing? Frozen, frozen, frozen. I'm not an animal like you know Matt Minatola, but now it's uh, a. <laughs> I just don't like dealing with live. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I have uh, my 
before Madagascar uh, hognose are live feeders, and then my female gold-faced whitelip is a live feeder. So uh, I don't mind it, but it kind of has made me turn to more of a naturalistic way of feeding them, where they will eat when I go to a show and can buy them like two live each, and then they can eat two of them, and then yeah. they may not eat until the next show I go to. So what if it turns out better for them, whatever. I've got a, a rough-scale Samboa that I'm still trying to get. It was eaten frozen when it got shipped to me. And when it got shipped to me, it's like, eh, I'm alive now. I, I don't care at this point. Like, I, I had a Maclox python that was like, I only want chicken. I'm like, cool, here's chicken. Like, I don't, <laughs> whatever. I, I live in Lancaster, PA, like, or near Lancaster, PA. Baby male chicks are 25 cents each at the reptile show. And they're the size of an adult mouse. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. All my colleagues are eating that stuff now. Here you go. Bye. Does that make their poop smell different? Nope. Okay. <laughs> doesn't, make, doesn't make it any more liquidy or whatever the hell. Also, I can get quail. Easy. And quail's the size of a medium to large rat. Yep. See, and I've always heard birds make the poop smell bad. Nope. And they're a buck a piece of quail. So, you know what? You're right. If it might smell bad for a little bit, but you know what? Clean it. <laughs> Clean <laughs> your you damn cage. I fixed your problem. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? Don't just let it sit in its own filth. Oh, my God. You're a genius. I am. This is why I have a podcast. That's why they pay me the big make-believe money. All right, so. That That was like five, like, tips right there. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just. (laughs) So, So that is all I really have for this episode. Uh, I don't have, unfortunately, because Carly's not here, I don't have an animal fact of the week. I, I know. And I feel bad. Me too. Uh, but I don't have one. You should feel bad because you're filling in for her. I know, but... and I don't have one. I do actually feel bad. All right. uh, animal oh, fact. Oh, go. <laughs> All right. Animal fact. When kangaroos overheat, they will lick their upper arms. Okay. Well, that's, a real, that's a weird fact. Um. Uh, hello. I raised kangaroos. I've seen it. So, uh, since we're talking about kangaroos, I will. I, I, I teach biology, and when I when I get to teach a classification, I go through like all the orders of mammals, and so we go through marsupials. So, I'll go ahead and add to weird animal facts. So, marsupials, kangaroos, possums, wallabies, are in that weird ass group of mammals that don't give birth the way normal mammals give birth. Nope. So, people should search this. Marsupials give birth to small little aliens, pink, naked. Like size of little jelly beans, like thumbnails, yeah, like, yeah. thumbnail aliens. Yep. yep. And and the weirdest part about it is the alien has to come out and, and then crawl. climb up the outside of the mother into the pouch, into the pouch, and then attach to the teat and drink milk and grow the rest of the way. Yep. And some of them don't make it. Some right. of them fall off, go the wrong way. <laughs> it's, and, and like uh, my students are always like, "Well, does the mom help them?" I was like, eh, <laughs> "Not really. No, it's." She didn't even know they're there. It's like, like it, it just kind of comes out of her and then climbs up there. And then so, they, uh, we'll also have like they can have three babies at the same time. They can have yes, one, I was gonna bring that up. They can have one in the birth canal or something like, or they can have one that's like suspended. They can have one in yep. the pouch and they can have a baby outside and they can actually produce two different types of milk. Like I raised several gray kangaroos and several red kangaroos when I was working in the zoo, and uh, right now a big uh, fight that we're having with my fiance is that I want kangaroos again, and I will find out whatever I have to do legally to get them. And you live in Pennsylvania. You yes. just get them, right? Just, just no, go get them. 
follow their rules, but she says that she doesn't want me. She doesn't want me kicked to death, apparently. And I, told I mean, her, a red kangaroo could definitely do that easily, you know. And she says wallabies, and I say that's not good enough. And now we're still fighting. Look, Settle uh, for a gray kangaroo. They're smaller than a red they kangaroo. Are, they're so nice, but and they're, she says no. She says if it comes above my waist, then I can't have it, and that's not fun. I told her. That's a, <laughs> She also won't let me get a cassowary, and I told her she's being that, a... That, no, that's a good idea. I'm going to tell you, that. so working at a zoo, there were very few times where I was, like, seriously concerned. Mm. One of the most concerned times was when I was like, all right, guys, we have to go in with the cassowary. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, let's do it. And so all you get is that big stick with the Y on the end of it, and you're like, all right, if it comes at you, shove this at it. I'm like, but it can jump over this. Yeah, but that's... But you got your stick. It's fine. <laughs> I, I have a stick. <laughs> So like that was one of the times where I'm like, all right, let's not fuck this up. This this thing can if it wants to can take care of all of us. It is the only animal that Steve Irwin requested a shield for. So you <laughs> that know, tells you a lot, right? Yes, there. a lot. Like he had that thunder. He's like, and like it kicks the door, and it's like I'm like, yes, I want that. They're like that tells you a lot about me. So they it, are one of my favorite birds. Though. They're, they're so cool, pretty. Mm-hmm. Like they're so pretty. They're a really cool bird. But they're a scary ass bird. Yeah, but they're like, just, um, what is it? I, I have an ostrich egg and a uh, emu egg, like mm-hmm. the ones that are blown out. I didn't realize cassowary eggs are like green, and I'm like, green. I yeah. I want it. like I don't know why I want it, but I want it. So and that's then, like imagine so fun facts for them is that yeah. the females lay their eggs and the males uh, raise them and everything. Females just take off and find another mate. So deadbeat well, moms, the players. <laughs> Another fun fact is that Rob and uh, Eric were almost murdered by a <laughs> I remember that story. They were wandering and it showed up. Like, they looked up they were and it was there. walking down the path and it was like, what are these tiny, funny birds walking towards Oh, but they're so oh, cute as babies. And it's like, they're the babies. And then here comes the adult. And they're like, we're just going to walk over here and stand very still as these this velociraptor walks yes. down. Yeah, it's... Yep. Yep. That's like the, uh, imagine if the mower was so loud. Have you ever seen pictures of the mower? Yeah, it's awesome. I would totally I mean, be all about that. It's, it's a it's cassowary yeah. on steroids. Yes. Cool. Yeah, that does not sound fun. But no, probably beautiful. No, yeah. Well, they weren't, mowers, I, well, I guess we don't really know how colorful they were, but uh, they're massive. I forget how tall they were. Um, but, I mean, they were much bigger than a cassowary. It's, See, it's, I think we did pretty okay for animal facts so far. Yeah, so far we're doing, <laughs> we're doing great. We're crushing the zoo part of this thing. <laughs> I think I've worked with enough other non-reptile animals. I, I, I got this, you know. Well, so along the lines of the kangaroo being one of the weird-ass mammals that doesn't give birth the right way, there's obviously the monotremes, the other group, yes. being the platypus and the echidna, which, with their funky asses, laying eggs. So that's the yeah. other weird one. We, we we were driving in in Australia on this one road where everybody's like, ah, oh, you're going to find olive pythons. We didn't find a single goddamn thing. But we managed to find the an echidna. Aww, and I mean, like, they're driving, and, and I think Rob's like, the fuck is that? I'm like, it's an echidna. <laughs> that would be awesome. Worming off to the side of the road. And this poor thing is like, holy crap! And it's like just balled up, and we're just taking tons of pictures of it. It was so cool looking. When you think of it, Australia is the weirdest fucking evolutionary story ever. Yep. yep. I mean, because you got you got the marsupials and you got the monotremes who don't give birth like any other mammal. Uh, you don't really have any large land predators, which leads to these weird ass explosion of other mammals. So you get all of these kangaroos and wallabies and koalas, who, I, I mean, kangaroos are basically Australian deer. Yes. 
because there's no hoofstock yep. there other than like introduced camels, which we talked about a couple episodes back. But you know, it's it's a we it's a weird ass island. Yep. Anything that seems normal to us was introduced. Like it wasn't yeah. not supposed to be there. Like uh, yeah. we we saw a ton of different kangaroo stuff, both red and gray, where we were. We also saw several dingo, and it's just like, oh dog, oh wait, like that's not <laughs> that that is not not no, like it's that kind of stuff. It's because the dingo is like the only predator they have now. But they, yeah. now, you know, they, they didn't evolve. They, like they don't have any of the large cats. Every other continent has some form of a large cat. No, um, it's just it's an odd evolutionary thing going on, especially just the fact that they have two mammals that lay eggs. Yeah, that's that's the weirdest thing. It's so cool. I love that kind of stuff. So, but okay, so that was we got through our we threw in several animal facts. Yay! We tried the hardest. It's not gonna, it's not going to be as good as not Carly the next same, time. but <laughs> we tried. So, I think I've covered everything. I'm trying to rack my brain, but I think we got it all. So, Owen, yeah. if people for some reason have no idea how to get in talk, touch with you because I don't. There is who no doesn't. Number. There's no way to contact me. Get the hell away from me. Um, <laughs> Owen uh, doesn't like people. Owen doesn't alone. like people. Um, for me, oh God, see, the problem is now I'm going to like roll into it and I might accidentally close the show. Um, <laughs> I just like, I, I, I think I did that when I was on From the Ground Up. As so I'm like, so hey, like thank you for, I'm like, no, damn it. Like, <laughs> not, a, not your show. Um, uh, uh, website is rogue-reptiles.com. Uh, on Instagram, it's rogue underscore reptiles. And on Facebook, it is rogue reptiles, uh, there. And, uh, you can check out all the stuff we got over there. I have several things for sale right now, but I mean, there's no upcoming shows that I'm doing. I might try to do, Eric and I were going to try to do a reptile show in July if the world's still spinning by then. Um, and, uh, we'll try to do that together and I'll let everybody know when that comes up. And then also, you can go listen to them on Morelia Python Radio. Oh shit! Right, yeah, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I throw that out there for you. Thank you. Uh, he's probably screaming somewhere when he's listening. <laughs> to um, at Morelia Python Radio, uh, it is usually goes out on um, Tuesdays at nine o'clock. We usually try to uh, get in there. This week's been kind of crazy because uh, Eric is the manager of a supermarket, and <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah. we're trying to, we're going to get that going as soon as we can, but usually, uh, is, uh, dropped Tuesdays at nine. Um, and we've been doing it <laughs> Tuesdays forever for the past. This will be our eight. We're in our eighth season. You're in your ninth, ninth, ninth season, season, ninth season right now. Yep. We're in the ninth season right now. Uh, so we'll be coming up in October. We'll be, uh, the, yeah. Ninth season right now. Is, is it weird to think that for nine years people have just listened to you talk about snakes? It's weird when you think about that kind of crap, and I don't like to think about it that much because I'm like, you, you shouldn't be listening to me. And, there and they're still, so like they're still doing it. It's, yeah, it's, they're, they're still, still doing still it. Happening. It's still <laughs> happening. Why? But it's um, it's weird, and it's even weirder to think about. Like I went to Hamburg, and I was just talking to Joe, and I mentioned Carpet Fest, and somebody's like, "Do you do a podcast?" Because you said Carpet Fest, and I hear your voice, and I recognize it, and I'm like. Like, I've gotten better. Like, it used to be like, who the hell are you? But now I'm like, yeah. So I was like, you know, I do. And thank you for listening. You know that? I'm like, oh, God. Like, it's it, it's flattering. And also, I don't deserve it because there are way more influential and way better and smarter people in herpetoculture that everybody should be paying attention to. Well, that's I'm how I feel. I'm just a goof with who talked to my, I talked to my friend for several hours every Monday. And then maybe we bring somebody else on. It's like, that's it. Like, you know, 
that's how I feel on here. People will send us uh, messages, and it's great getting messages from people that just take show was great. I really like this. It was wonderful. And I'm thinking they sat there and listened to me talk for two oh, hours. For sure. Yep. I don't like, like I, te- I teach high school and I can't get those kids to do it for 20 minutes. I tried teaching high school. I quit. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. No, uh, but you know, and I try to tell, so I try to tell Carly all the time cause she's worried the same thing as you are. You, there's way more people out there with much more experience. That's fine. But I just highlight those people. That's what that's, all my job is to do is to bring the people that I think you all, everybody should listen to and hear from and just be like, cool. What's up? Like that's it. That's I. Yes. That's all my job is, and nobody comes to NPR to listen to my dumbass talk. I bring the other people, and then every once in a while, Eric and I will talk about how our feelings are. But that's it. <laughs> that's why I like having Carly on here. I told him uh, I like having someone who doesn't, who hasn't been in the hobby for right. ten, fifteen years. Yeah, it's really it, refreshing. I, 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 she thinks of things I don't think to ask because they're things that just naturally come to me, or I've experienced here or there. Right. But they're new to her, and for people that are listening, not everybody listening has been listening or been keeping reptiles for a decade. That I think it's why Car- that's why Eric started doing the um. Oh no, carpet clip. Carpet. Okay. That was, there was a moment there. I think I got it. Your stub show. <laughs> I, I really have to do episodes for that. He keeps yelling at me, but um, it's because we we will just spit it out, and then we're, we realize people don't know what we're talking about. Yes, and it's one of those things where it's good to bridge those gaps because people need to understand the history of certain animals to understand what the hell I'm saying. Because also, right. it's good to notice because I think we talked with somebody and we're like, "Ah, it's the MBB line," and they're like, "Exactly, what does MBB stand for?" I'm like, "Madam Blueberry." They're like, "Who's that?" Okay, sit down. I was I was like, thinking yeah, about that when you brought her up earlier yeah. in the yeah. show. I'm like, so if people don't know the history of carpets, go to. NPR and that you guys are going over that and going yes. over the history of all the lines. So that's yeah. really awesome. Eric is a insane person. Um, if he had <laughs> carpet pythons, I'm pretty sure he'd be boiling people's heads in acid. But oh my gosh, um, because he's literally printed out people's websites for future reference, and he's yes. he's compiling the history of the Morelia. Where if people bred certain animals back in the 80s. He has their lineage charts, and he knows where this came from, and why the hell we call this that, and all this other stuff. And it's like, and I'm just, I throw Jello at the wall and be like, pretty snake. Like it's really, he could have picked a better co-host so many times, <laughs> and I remind him of that constantly. So it's just, it's one of those fun things where it, it, it's good to put that information out there because we will, if we don't care about it, we will lose it, and then we'll just. We won't know yeah. why we call it this thing. It'll just be that's the way it's always been done, and that's yeah. not good. Yeah, that's one. Well, it's one of this, like you said, you've been on for nine years. So, someone yeah. that was listening nine, has been listening all nine years knows all that stuff. But someone yeah. who just got the first carpet python in a show last week and tuned in this week, yeah, doesn't know that. Also, there is the back catalog, but I'm gonna tell you right now, season one through three, a little rough. They're a little <laughs> rough audio wise as well as other things. So. Also, my dumbass. So it, it's it's good to have those things to go to. Where also it's like it's not a three hour long podcast. It's a quick snippet where you can yeah. learn. Yeah, and it's good to have those things. So you know, again, Eric has all these good like great brain ch- children, and I just kind of am there next to him and be like, yay! Like Carpet Fest was his idea, which was just a way to kind of bridge the gap of getting people out from behind their computers to actually meet and talk with each other and. We're, we're, there's going to be one in Australia this year. There's going to be oh, one really? in Colorado. 
next Very year. Cool. So it's like, okay, this is going to be awesome. So more of those to pop up. That's my favorite thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I went to, we went to Southeast. That was my first one was Southeast this year. Right. And it was a blast just getting to meet other people. And it's funny. You go there like, I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to talk to this person. And at the end of it, you're like, oh, shit, I barely talked to that person. Yep. Because there's so many people there. Dude, I barely talked to anybody at Carpet Fest Northeast because I'm running around trying to get everything. Like, Eric's in his snake room sweating to death showing people his animals. And I'm running around making sure the food's here. That's there. <laughs> this is here. That's going there. Everybody drinking there. Cool. Good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good but, time, though. Yeah. So, anyone out there listening, shoot us messages, shoot Carly messages, and just let her know that how much you missed her. Because she always, she, like I said, she's always worried that y'all, y'all don't like her. And I tell her all the time that I get messages all the time that people love her because she's way friendlier than me. Uh, if you've ever, if you've ever met her, which means you've been hugged by her, because I don't think there's anybody that's ever met Carly that hasn't gotten a hug from her. Uh, just shoot her messages, let her know how much you missed her while she's having to deal with, uh, the coronavirus, yeah, the deadly corona, the non-deadly coronavirus. Non-deadly I don't. Coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, I, they just canceled schools in Louisiana for the next four weeks, so my snakes are going to get a lot of one-on-one time with me for the next four weeks. I, I had to stab a lady for a pack of toilet paper today. I didn't need it, but I just want to feel included. <laughs> you want to be part of the party? Yeah. I mean, I, I, also Riley and I were planning that we figured by this afternoon, it, which didn't happen, it might be tomorrow that will eventually just fall down to Mad Max Fury Road rules. So we were planning of how to turn Eric's house into a fortress because we figured that'd be the best place for us. So I'm still trying to figure out why toilet paper became the thing because I don't I don't it, doesn't, it doesn't make you shit yourself. So I'm it's, not it's exactly tolerable. sure. It's like I, <laughs> I don't get it. Yep, whatever. I, I, I understood soap and hand sanitizer even though I thought it was ridiculous. But someone at some point said, you know what? We fucking need toilet paper. And then everybody else said, oh, wait, they fucking need toilet paper? Well, then we fucking need toilet paper. Here's the thing. It's like I, I, I went food shopping today, and I don't need toilet paper. But you know what? I grabbed the pack because there's none left. And who knows when that's going to fill. That, that was my concern. I'm like, I, I have I, enough, I, but what if I do run out? <laughs> I grabbed it, and I'm like, I hate myself right now. Like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to buy this. But, but who the hell knows? Like, yeah. Whatever. That's what we're putting off food shopping. We gotta have to get us to the weekend. We're gonna go during the week, and hopefully, it won't be as miserable. I had, I had no problems as long as you're not going for bottled water and toilet paper. You're fine. And we had all of our there. produce was gone. Yeah. All of our meat was oh. gone. Our canned good aisle was torn apart. Okay. And well, it was. It was. I didn't believe it. Like it's kind of one of the things. Like that's not happening to us over here, but it is. It is like empty. So here's another keeper tip, and this is a keeper tip for. Pennsylvania snowstorm. Go to Walgreens, CVS, or Rite Aid because they will have all the essentials and all the food that you want, but nobody goes there first. They always go to the Walmart grocery store. If you go there, it's fine. They're all there. Then also Lowe's and Home Depot sell toilet paper. They they, do, and they sell cleaning supplies too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Think outside the box, people. Walmart is not the only place. Uh, I'm going to spend my, my next four weeks just checking on, I've got like four pregnant Samboas, and I've got one that I thought was going to give birth three days ago, two days ago, one day ago, today, I don't know, so I, she's probably getting annoyed of just like seeing my face peek in, and then sliding it back, <laughs> just, it's like 20 times a day, her tub slides open, and I look at her, and, and I, I, I can tell, and like I know we give them human emotions, but I can tell in her eyes, she's like, quit fucking looking at me. Oh, yeah, not that's here exactly yet. what she's oh, thinking. Yeah. I know she's like, 
they're not here. You will know, okay? Like, you will... It's... Again, that's why I don't like live birth. When I'm like... Surprise! Oh, eggs! It's not like, oh, God, they're everywhere. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> that's This whole rack behind me is empty tubs just waiting for babies. Waiting. Yeah, now, I, I like to be like, oh, shit, I wasn't planning on this. Well, I'll be ready in two months. Like, that's... <laughs> Whatever. You need to oh. eat computer. Yeah. So, all right. So, let me go ahead. April, I know it's the second week in a row, but I'm going to ask you again. Where can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? All right. So, our website is designerexotics.net. We only have one snake for sale. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what, what, is that, what is that one snake? Yeah. It's the, the 007, the T negative 007. So, have fun par- trying to pay for that. Your taxes can come to me. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, you can find us on YouTube and Facebook under Designer Exotics. On Instagram, we're Designer underscore Exotics. Uh, and then if you want to be friends with uh, me, have fun with that. But you can find me on Facebook at April Justine. <laughs> Look, I think April's taking a page out of the coronavirus thing, which is like scarcity. I have one snake and one only available. <laughs> yeah, that's Hurry all I got. You better forget it now. <laughs> Eight in a rack back there. Like, I, only one. It's like, I only have one at a time. Out Available. Time. Right now. It's like, yeah. uh, oh, before I say mine, Owen, I thought of a new a new Instagram handle for you. Oh shit! You just need it. it's at Owen Pelly. <laughs> um, it's. I'm pretty sure if we keep talking about this stuff, Keith McPeak is going to make jackets for us all to wear. Because every time I see that's it, awesome. he does like an O with his hands. He goes, my O and Pelly brother. I'm like, you are taking this way oh, too serious. That's amazing. Uh, he's fantastic. And it was so <laughs> Message boards aren't still a thing. You can just make your name Owen Pelly on a message I, board. I, I mean, you can just like think about that one. I mean, it's it's when, when you're thinking about planning a tattoo around a wild snake that you saw once at one point somewhere, you're like, this is a problem, right? I should really tone this back. But <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, all right. So, if you want to get a hold of us, we are the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Facebook, or the Reptile Gumbo Podcast at gmail dot com. If you want to send us an email, uh, every week I did I posted this this week, but every week I will always post um, a thing on our Facebook page for you to link any YouTube videos, anything from podcasts, any articles you saw, anything you want us to talk about on this podcast. That's kind of this podcast. If you want to see awesome interviews with tons of questions and not much of Owen talking, go to yep. NPR. <laughs> that is a great place to hear interviews of people that have done lots of stuff. If you just want to hear us bitch for two hours and complain and tell you our opinions, that's what we do. <laughs> and so just tell us what you want us to bitch about. And trust me, I can fill some time. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. so, <laughs> yep. So... That is it. That that was the show. Thank you, Owen, for coming. Thank you for filling in uh, for us there, April. Yep, and no next week, as long as the coronavirus is not still killing people, because it's still not killing people, uh, <laughs> we will have, uh, hopefully, Carly back on here. So, that's it for me. All Bye. right, have a good night.